From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Oh, you know, eight years in a row, who's counting? Studios of Town Square Media in Northfield. It's Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I am thrilled to be back. It is seven minutes past the hour. Let's make it count. Hey, Joe Torrey has always said, Game three of a series is the most pivotal. The Sixers came through. I know, Michael, I know you're listening. I know, I know I want a pizza. I'm I'm sorry. Michael's very uh, observant. He should know. I, I just don't seem to lose pizzas. Anyhow, uh, Joel Embiid hits a wild three-pointer. In the closing second of overtime, Sixers win 104 to 101. You talk about the way that a series can just be put on its side. If Toronto pulls that out, and they easily could have, I mean, they were right in it in regulation and in overtime. I mean, it comes down to a final possession in the final fraction of a second. And that's the difference between a commanding three to zip series lead. And once if Toronto won, once you make it two to one, you've held serve. I mean, Sixers held serve at home winning two. Toronto would have held serve down two to one if they could win. I don't know why they're taking two days off between now and the next game. You know what I never understand? I want to I want to hold like a seminar some kind of train the trainer in proper scheduling. They have this thing. Now, I don't think it's going to matter because I think the Sixers will close it out in two days and it'll just be over for Zippo sweep is what I'm expecting. But why would you take two days off? You're already in Toronto. You're there. Why would you take two days off? And then they play, if it's necessary, if the series went further, they would play in two straight nights. But just, you can't defend that. That is just stupid scheduling. Again, I don't think it's going to matter, but I don't understand it. And and really, if you're the Sixers right now, you want one night off and you want to get right back out there. Two nights off. For what? It just makes no sense to me. In any event, uh, my Capri pizza is going to be fantastic. And, Michael, I know you're good for it, so I have no worries. I, I get stiffed a lot, but I promise you, Michael will not stiff us. Well, okay, that having been said, let me go on to something serious. And if you don't believe they're in cahoots the whole way, then I can't help you. You, you just you're part of the you're part of the problem. I told you several days ago, oh, look at this thing. The judge decides that face masks are no longer required on planes and trains and travel hubs and all these things. And everybody follows along, Uber and Lyft and everybody. So the White House, as usual, they're always discombobulated. They have nothing to say. Then awkwardly they say, well, we're not appealing Unless the CDC asks us to. Oh, okay. 
And they keep telling us, oh, we never talk to them. You know, they never talk to anybody. Biden never talks to any of the prosecutors that are investigating his son and his brother and probably himself. No, he doesn't talk to anybody. They never talk to anybody. This is truly the case study in liars who lie about lying. And I am so sick of them. And then they tell us they always tell us the truth. When everything is a lie, if you don't believe this, then that's on you. But they were in cahoots the whole time. They don't even have to be, but they were. And all of a sudden, CDC comes out yesterday and says, yes, we oh, yes, dear administration, who we didn't talk to in advance. We would like you to appeal the decision. For what? The decision was only until May 3rd. Anyhow, what are you going to go judge shop? Find a Democrat in a robe and then get some kind of stay or get this overturned lickety split. Well, they're they're capable of doing it. Don't be surprised if the next time I see you, I am saying that this Democrat judge who was appointed by Obama uh, has has overturned the uh, the decision. Look, I'm all for anyone. I, I have clear conscience and great cred. On the issue of COVID-19, much to some people's disdain, we have talked compliance. We've been a team player. We've tried to do the right thing every step of the way. I'm all for anyone who wants to wear a mask. You mask up until the cows come home. You mask up for the rest of your life. There are people saying that, that they're going to be wearing masks for the rest of their life. I think that's crazy, but that's your right. But I'm tired of this administration having its cake, eating it too, and then they got cake all over their face and they say, I didn't eat the cake. Yeah, what's that on your face? I don't know. I didn't eat it. They lie about everything. Simply make it that if you are immune compromised, Or you just feel safer. You wear a mask. I said I'm going to be flying in the not too distant future, a little more than two weeks from now. And I very well may wear a face mask on the plane. I don't know. I haven't decided. I may not. But let it be my choice. They want to take and I and I hate this. And I predicted it, and you can go go into the archives and read my writings all throughout the last two years. That's what I love about documenting a, a record. I said they are going to use the pandemic to take extraordinary powers that they're not entitled to. And Democrat judges will uphold this stuff. And then they will continue with that level of a philosophy of governance going forward. We have to push back. We have to stop them. Or we're not going to recognize this country. That is how quickly they are and are trying to change it. It's got to stop. They should never they should never have appealed this. Just let it go. Biden's the one that said the pandemic's over. But he's lied from the beginning. I remember When he said that he was going to stop COVID-19 in his tracks, he was going to defeat it. I said, that's a dumb thing to say. There's never been a coronavirus ever cured.
it's always a matter of going from pandemic to endemic and living with it. But they just lie about everything. Here's another thing they're lying about. I'll tease it now, and I'm going to come back with this right after the break. My brother Don shared this with me about two hours ago. New York Post coverage. New York Post, I don't have it in front of me, but I committed it to memory. The New York Post put in a Freedom of Information request. They want the records of who is visiting Biden every single weekend for the past more than year and a half in Delaware. That's absolutely public domain. That's that's required. The Secret Service wrote back, we don't have any records of who has visited. So how do, how'd they protect them then? How do, you have to know who's coming. Listen, on multiple occasions, I have been on lists where the Secret Service investigates you. They know who you are. They know your social security number. They know whether or not you have a criminal record. It is impossible for people to visit the president of the United States anywhere and there not be a record of who the people are. What does Biden do? Say, hey, all these people are coming to see me, but you're never going to know who they are. You're not getting their names and whoever they are, just let them in. That's not believable. More on that coming up next. Oh, my. It's um, it's not easy. It, it is it, it is at times exasperating. I, I, I literally cannot wait. Look, they're good for business. They give you a lot to talk about. But I cannot wait until these swamp creatures, these dishonest, duplicitous, horrible people are sent packing. They've got to go. They're ruining our country by the day. You, you think about that. I'll, I'll come back and talk a little bit more about it. Is that believable that the Secret Service would not have records of who has been visiting Biden when he is there an average of about three days a week? Do you know more than one fourth of his presidency? And it's I think it's well more than that. They cop to that. Well more than one fourth of his presidency. He has been in Delaware and they're going to tell us they don't have records. Imagine Trump saying, that. yeah, I, 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 Mar-a-Lago, I don't know who was here. No, nobody. Nobody was here. Fox News commentary. I'm Jimmy Fallon, and I'll tell you about Joe Biden's latest rabbit hole next. Run, walk, honor. The Tunnel to Towers 5K Run and Walk in New York City retraces FDNY firefighter Stephen Siller's final footsteps on 9-11. That single event has inspired more than 70 runs, walks, and climbs in different cities across the nation each year. Register for an event in your area or volunteer to start one. Do good and never forget by donating $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. So by now, you've probably seen the video of President Biden being interrupted by the Easter Bunny as he was answering questions at a White House Easter event. They're a strange combo, Biden and the Easter Bunny. I mean, one is completely impossible to believe in, and the other is the Easter Bunny. If you didn't see the video, Joe was talking about Afghanistan when the bunny dragged him away before he could say anything stupid. It reminded me of an old Looney Tunes episode, except in this instance, Bugs Bunny was trying to catch Elmer Fudd. Normally, it's the other way around. 
And normally, a president doesn't have to be cut off every time he opens his mouth, but this White House isn't taking any chances. It's bad enough Joe probably forgot where he hid the Easter eggs. The last thing they need is another dumb comment about current events. Because even a rabbit knows, when you're polling at 33%, there's only so many carrots you can dangle to the voters before they all hop away. I'm Jimmy Fallon. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 22 minutes past the hour. Thank you so much for waking up Hurley in the Morning and thank you for making WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. Before I go back to liars who lie about lying, I just saw this and I wrote a nice little note back. Friend of mine, Michael D'Angelo, who, by the way, is just check out his um, Facebook. You'll see what an accomplished chef. So he retweets this guy used to work for TV 40. I, I know him a little bit. Jeff Skaversky. And I think he's now with NBC 10, but don't quote me on that. But definitely he he moved on to Philadelphia and has done well. Jeff Skaversky writes, and this comes via the Michael D'Angelo Pony Express. Sixers come back. Ooh, yeah, I do. I I just got a Fox News update. I have a, ooh, I got a big update for you that is going to have to wait till after the bottom of the hour break. Big, big news. We'll call it uh, big news in the land of the mouse. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. I told you they made a big mistake. All right, I'll get back to that Disney stuff next coming up after the break. But let me read this to you. Sixers come back from down 17 to win game three. Joel Embiid, 33 points, including the game winner. This is Embiid's first ever game winning shot in the final second of a playoff or regular season game. Sorry, Program Observer Michael, not Michael D'Angelo, but Program Observer Michael, who owes me a pizza, because before last night, Embiid was 0 for 14 on game-tying or go-ahead field goals with one second left. In other words, he never did what he did last night until I needed him to do it to win a pizza. Sixers take their first lead in overtime, so they never led, and take a commanding 3-0 series lead. So that's pretty interesting. They didn't take their first lead until overtime. NBA teams that go up 3-0 have never lost a playoff series. Now, I will tell you, this is the kind of benevolent man that I am. Michael, my program observer, not Michael D'Angelo. Michael, who owes me a pizza. I want to make an offer to you. I, because you still don't accept, I believe, that the Sixers are a better team than Toronto. So I'm sure you'll want to take this. I want to give you a chance to get even. There is a risk, though. Because if, if you take this and you don't, you don't make it, they don't win, then you owe me two pizzas. But here's my here's my offer. And I will probably wind up sending these Capri pizzas to a local school or something like that anyhow. But I'm going to give you a chance. Write me. I know you're listening. Michael, the program observer. Just write yes or no. Do you accept my generous offer? And it is as follows. I will give you a chance to get back to even. 
if you accept the following. I am saying that the Sixers will win the series. If you want to take this chance, I mean, it's, it's, it's a terrible, it's terrible odds, but it gives you a chance at least. It's benevolent. I could just cash in on my, my largesse of one, but I'm giving you a chance to make it even Steven if you take Toronto for the series. And if Toronto comes back and wins four in a row, you get to zero. If the Sixers win the series, you owe me two pizzas. This is the kind of benevolence that I believe in. Just type yes or no, or I accept or I do not accept. There, my offer is set. All right, let me finish up on this um, this horrifically dishonest presidency that we are enduring in, in real time. I'm going to tell you, I know why they can't give you the names. Think about this. They are willing to take the ass beating of the Sean Hannity's and the Tucker Carlson's, the Harry Hurley's, if you will. Talk about myself in the third person. Uh, Why is that not in the second person? But it's the third, uh, twice removed. So they're willing to take that whooping of how fantastical, unbelievable, incredulous it is that they don't have records of who visited the president in Delaware. I'm telling you, it's impossible. It's impossible. They have to know. No one can see the president. Anybody that sees the president has to be both double vaccinated and boosted. So they got to know who you are. And you have to prove that these that that you have these inoculations. They know who you are. They know in advance who you are. You've been investigated in advance and deemed to not be a threat to the president. And this is as it should be. And these records, if they're not being kept, they're destroying them. If they are being kept and they're not turning them over, they're criminals and dishonest people, which I know they are. And I don't believe for a second. And I would file a suit. I would file a suit immediately because now you have to go after and say, well, wait a minute. Is the United States Secret Service incompetent? And my answer to that is no, they are not. They are fantastic. They're not incompetent. How, therefore, can there not be records? And these are the same people. These these liars are the same people that called President Trump dishonest and a liar and all these things. Do you believe for a second that they do not have records of who has visited Joe Biden in Delaware? Do you agree with me that it's impossible? And I hope Peter Ducey, he's the only one, the rest of them are in the tank. I mean, Mark Noller, this guy that they act like he's the dean of the Washington Press Corps and the record keeper. If this guy's the record keeper, the historian, we're in a lot of trouble. Because when Biden gave his State of the Union address, he called it better than Reagan. Okay? Reagan's speech, not only better than Reagan, better than Reagan's speech, tear down this wall. Now, if that's not a sycophant, 
absolute Democrat team player. Biden has never delivered anything that compares to anything that Ronald Reagan has ever said. They're not even in the same universe of thought. Reagan said, and he said it well, even if Biden has good words in the teleprompter, he delivers them terribly. This is Hurley in the morning at 30 minutes past the hour on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. Oh, I have three stories uh, on the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app that you can follow right now. I had so much fun with this one. Some of the best crab cakes in Atlantic County and tens of thousands of you have already read this story. Man's heart stops at a brigantine restaurant. Atlantic Care heroes step in and save the day. It's an extraordinary story. And it was an honor, a privilege to write it. And Stockton University in Atlantic City are doing a... From the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chris Coleman for Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. This is about as calm and uneventful as the weather gets here in South Jersey with no big storms or even little chances of rain in the forecast through the weekend and beyond. We'll see a mix of sun and clouds today with a high of 61. Just a few clouds tonight with a low of 48. Tomorrow, the pick of the week, sunshine in 71. And the weekend looks nice too, partly sunny Saturday and Sunday with temperatures in the 60s. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app Today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thank you, Sean. 36 minutes past the hour. I knew, I just knew that Program Observer Michael was listening. Thank you, Michael. And I didn't see, I would have commented, I didn't see his 5.23 a.m email to me because I was feverishly, I knew how much time I had. This um, this article that I wrote about the man's heart stopping in the Brigantine Cordovari restaurant, please go on the app, go on the website, either way, wpgtalkradio.com or the WPG Talk Radio app and check out this story. It was a privilege to write it. It was just an extraordinary story of two heroes that just happened to be in the restaurant and they were going to dine at another restaurant. And at the, I'm telling you, I don't believe in coincidences. This was meant to be, this was fate. And this, this amazing man who is alive, I think would have been gone because you have to know, you have to know CPR. The man's heart stopped. So unless you restart his heart, it's over. And that's usually what happens. People don't know what to do. They're not trained with what to do. And a person just dies, slumps over and dies. But not this time. And we have the story. Check it out. And, Michael, that's why I did not see. I was writing. I didn't finish doing my social media posts that I do once I finish a story until about a minute before we were coming on air. Or I would have I would have. Um, Checked out that email that came in at 523. It was very generous. Picture of a pizza. Congratulations. And, you know, he's he's an honorable man. 
program observer Michael, you're a good guy. And I expected, and I mean this, I mean this kindly. He did write right in, and he wrote, "No way." There's end followed by. Let me count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Ten O's after N. No way. I don't blame you. I mean, look. I mean, Boston came back and beat the Yankees. That was in baseball, not basketball. Uh, but it would be unlikely. But you never know. You take them one game at a time. You win. It's three to one. You go back to Philadelphia. If you win, it's three to two. Then it's getting a little bit interesting. Then I think they go back to uh, Toronto. And if you win at home, it's three to three. And then you got to come back. To, I mean, it, it's not likely, and I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't even know that it's going to get out of this weekend. In two days, I think this is going to be over. But Toronto might. I felt good about the pizza bet because I bet a split. I knew the Sixers would win one of the two games. Felt very uh, strongly about that. And of course, last night could have gone either way. So you're a uh, you're a gentleman, and remember now. Getting back to the serious talk, remember when uh, the baseball pitcher number nineteen, Doctor Anthony Fauci, when he lied to all of us and said not to wear face masks. So we were in favor of wearing face masks before he was in favor of us wearing face masks. They even lied about that. I'm telling you, I wish. Only once in a while do I wish. And sometimes when I make wishes, they come true. How many times did I say that I don't want to leave here? This is this is my best destiny. This is where I belong. I belong a metro market local talk show host. Sometimes I think, should I have 25 years ago, 30 years ago tried the route of syndication and and gone national i think about it so infrequently you i think you'd be surprised but i remember saying and margie my wife of uh, 41 years this october 17th says to me all the time your words become things and how many times over the years did i say i don't want to leave i want to be here with you we belong together you're stuck with me and I want to be stuck with you. And but I wish I had the opportunity to go national once in a while, because I think there are certain things that we're saying that no one else is saying. So I didn't I wasn't being greedy. I didn't wish for more than would be mine. And I didn't wish to leave to go do something else. I wanted to stay here. And and I didn't know what that meant when I said it. And then all of a sudden, I get the call from Fox News Radio. Harry, we would like you to be, you know, do fill-in work for the nationally syndicated Fox News Radio shows. And you could have knocked me over with a feather. There's like one of those positions available. How'd, How'd that happen? So your words become things. Because that's exactly what I wanted. And I got it. And it's been fantastic. So whatever it winds up being, when you spread it out, sometimes I do a whole lot in a row. I think I did 12 or 14 dates in December and and a bunch in January. Uh, 
not any in uh, in April, and I think I did two or something in March. So you know, it's it's whenever it's when someone's on vacation, it's when someone is sick, it's when someone's on a book tour. I'm the fill in guy. It's usually a Friday, sometimes a Monday. You know how that works, uh, and and holidays when I, you know most people would be off. So it happened. And we've had this opportunity now to say some of these things that need to be said that nobody else is saying. Somebody's got to go after this. I want someone in the Washington press corps today to say, I'm calling BS. There's no way you don't have logs of who visits the president in Delaware. And I think the only one that will do that is Peter Ducey. And I hope he will. He needs to. When we come back, actions have consequences. And I told you when Disney and that stupid CEO got all tied up like a pretzel over the parental rights bill in Florida and lied and joined the woke crowd and called it the don't say gay bill, even though no one ever said that. That's pure Democrat tripe making it up. Think about how many you go do a news search on that phrase and see how many news organizations use that like it is a fact when it is an absolute lie and they know it's a lie. And they still use it even after pushback about the lie. I said, Disney, you're going to get your asses whooped over this. I'll explain when we come back. This this could be catastrophic for Disney World, what I'm going to share with you next. It's approaching 45 minutes past the hour on South Jersey's number one talk station, WPG, Talk Radio 95.5. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. It's uh, 10 minutes before the top of the hour. Let me just go. I want to thank Andrew for reaching out to me. Let me just go to my Facebook page real quick. I have a little typo that I have to attend to. Yeah, that's a that's an important correction. When you mean to write the word heroism, but instead the word terrorism comes up. Yeah, that's important. It's an important correction. Correction made. Whew, you don't want that. When you get a chance, please check out this piece on um, these two extraordinary Atlantic Air medical professionals that uh, undoubtedly, and, and a doctor that performed a procedure at the Heart Institute at Atlantic Air uh, backs it up. There's no doubt they saved his life in the Brigantine uh, restaurant back on April 15th. And we're able to write this story because of their tremendous heroism oh my goodness okay well let's go to the land of mouse where i will be i will be visiting 
in the not too distant future. But I've been very disappointed. I've been very disappointed with this new CEO. They're just ruining. They are ruining something that is so great. They just have to stop this. Why? Why are people willing to blow up their brands in pursuit of wokeness? So guess what? The Florida Senate, I told you this was going to happen. The Florida Senate yesterday passed a bill to repeal a law that's been in effect from the very beginning of Walt Disney World. From the beginning. What is it, 50 years? Let me go to my app. Yeah, 50 years. They, they've had it made in the shade. They had a law that is so sweet. They governed. They had the ability to operate a private government. Can you believe that? Now, look, the, the, the amount of taxes they paid. I once did an on-air commentary. I looked at how much in taxes they pay. Oh, my gosh. It's unbelievable. But guess what? The, and the assembly is lined up right now. Uh, they call it the Florida House of Representatives. They are lined up right now to take up the bill, and it's 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 done. It is done. National Review wrote, long overdue to clear the floor and pass. Governor DeSantis pushed this. Disney came after him. He didn't get angry. So here's what happens. And I'm very familiar with Reedy Creek for reasons I won't get into. The bill would eliminate the Reedy, that's R-E-E-D-Y, Reedy Creek Improvement District, as the Disney government is known. And then there are other similar districts within their enterprise. And this is all going to go away by June of 2023, one year Basically, one year from now, one year and how many days in April and how many days in May? I mean, so whatever, 13 and a half months or whatever. The measure leaves room for the districts to be reestablished with a Republican legislative leader signaling a likely restructuring of a 1967 deal that lawmakers struck with the company that allows it to provide services such as zoning, fire protection, utilities, and infrastructure. If you've ever been to Disney World, you see these Reedy Creek Fire Departments all over the place. They, they've been self-governing for more than 50 years. Quote, by doing it this early... We have until next June or July to put this together, so we're actually giving ourselves more time to be thoughtful. This is the Senate President, Wilton Simpson. I don't know, quote, how the end will come, but I know that this is a very worthy process that we're taking, and I think whatever comes out of it will be better than what we have today. So once again, the woke, broke, culture, crowd blowing up themselves in the name of wokeness how stupid was this quote if disney wants to pick a fight 
They chose the wrong guy, DeSantis wrote yesterday, quote, as governor, I was elected to put the people of Florida first, and I will not allow a woke corporation based in California to run our state. Strong. Hey, look, I'm a Disney uh, shareholder, if you will. Uh, I'm disgusted with this new CEO. They do a law in Florida that something like 65% of Floridians approve of, and that's with all the market saturation level, horrible coverage that it's gotten. It's called the Parental Rights in Education Law. But the media decided with their woke corporation uh, compatriots to call it the don't say gay law. But nobody ever said to, to don't say that. It's not in it. I loved when DeSantis said, you're lying. Those words are not in the legislation. You are just making this up. I love I, I think I love DeSantis because he speaks like I do. So we love ourselves, right? And when you hear somebody say all the things that you say and think, you like that. And people just took this stuff before. Like like you had to or something. Let me tell you something. And then, you know, the Democrats are calling it petulant payback and things like that. Call it whatever you want. Look how nasty you are. Calling the other side nasty. This is devastating to them. This means they are going to be paying so much more than they were paying. And I don't know how you even do some of this because they have these Reedy Creek Fire Departments and they have all this infrastructure. I mean, they did it all. And in fairness, I mean, the, the roads, they build all these roads that really so many others take full advantage of. And, of course, they bring a lot of traffic. So it's um, it's a at worst, symbiotic relationship, but you really would want it to be much better than that. Symbiotic would be having like an algae eater in the fish tank. You know, you have these beautiful fish, but then you have the algae eater and it keeps the algae off the glass and so on. But it would be much better for it to be much more collegial, cooperative. But Disney is going to get it. They are going to get it. In the two minutes that I have, uh, I hope she's listening under the pen name Tony Rich. But this is really the former Tony Dwyer, who I have known since I was a child, who was my school nurse at Atlantic City High School, who spent, oh, my gosh, I, I, I can't remember how many decades, more than 30 years as the school nurse for the um, Atlantic City High School. So under the pen name Tony Rich, the former Tony Dwyer, Tony Eisenstein, I can't remember, it was a couple of years ago, and Tony called me and said she's writing a book. I was very excited to hear about it. And she said, I would like to base one of the characters off of you, and I'll slightly change the name. Uh, would you mind? I said, I'm honored. I said, not only don't I mind, I'm honored. So in the book that is fully published, and Tony, thank you for my copy, all autographed and everything. I love it. 
we need to do an on-air um, review. Justice served. And I come into to the, to the story as a media personality named George Early. And my program is early in the morning. I'm thinly disguised, I think. Oh, no, no. It is Harry. Not George. Harry Early. It's even more uh, overt. I don't know why I said George. There must be a George Early in my head. Anyhow, Tony, thank you for the privilege of being in the book. And I can't wait. I've read some of it. I can't wait to read it all. Open Forum begins now. Atlantic City, WENJHD3, Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much. Six minutes past the hour. Wide open forum for this entire hour, as we always do. Let's make it count. Let's not mark time. Let's make a difference together. 609-407-1450, an open phone line. I'm jazzed up about Tony Rich's new book. I love um, what I've read so far. Uh, And again, Tony, thank you for including me. It's awesome. Uh, Harry Early of the Early in the Morning program. Love it. Love it. No one will ever guess. No one will ever guess that that could possibly be someone that they know. It's it's hidden. It's hidden in, what do they call it? Hidden in plain sight. I love it, Tony. Thank you. I don't remember if Tony said to me exactly what the name would be, but she said it would be just slightly different. I think she may have told me Harry Early all the way, but um, it was so long ago I don't quite remember. But it was pretty funny to see that early in the morning. It's like Ollie North. All right, guys, I'll record it how you have it, but I don't get it. Wake up early in the morning. Then he went, hey, ho, ho. And then he got into it. Wake up early in the morning and drive home with me. I'm Oliver North. Oh, we didn't get early in the morning at first. It's, you know, it's an acquired taste, I guess. 609-407-1450, an open phone line on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. Thanks for calling in. Well, let's do better this time. Hold on. Welcome to Hurley in the Morning. Thank you for calling in. Caller, are you there? Can't hear you. Call me back. 609-407-1450, an open phone line. How about you? We can do better, right? You're there, aren't you? Yes. Good morning, Harry. How you doing? Peter, I've been waiting for you because I've been waiting to thank you for the very <laughs> thoughtful card that you sent. Ah, uh, no problem. No problem. Thank you. But, you know, it, you're welcome. You're welcome. But isn't it sad? I'm almost borders on pathetic and that the leader, alleged leader of the free world has to be shuffled away by the Easter Bunny when he started to blab, blubber on about Afghanistan. Yeah, twice. And I remember saying, I'll find out who was in that suit. And it was one of the um, communications people. I forget her name. But yeah, twice 
the Easter Bunny in costume shushed the president away. It's it's really it it is dangerous. I mean, the optics. Our enemies are looking at that this and and see such weakness. It's very very problematic. And and face it, we we all have gone went over this a million times with various words and all that and phrases but you know something it's getting beyond scary i'm pretty sure vladimir is laughing his backside off i'm pretty sure well why you don't even have to guess why do you think he attacked ukraine he didn't attack it the previous four years did he but he did but he did when obama was in and he did when biden was in he knows what he can get away with oh yes Trump Trump actually said, don't even think about it. They were having dinner. Don't even think about it because, you know, those Trump called them those beautiful spear or spirals or whatever spheres. He called them, I think he said that they'll be blown from the sky. He told him, don't even think about it. And let me tell you, this guy needs a cognitive test or a. Or uh, Article Twenty, uh, the 25th Amendment has to be pushed Well, you, you know they all talk. You know these generals and you know these cabinet people. You know that they talk with each other and say, I, I don't know how much longer we can keep this. How, I mean, the American people see it. I mean, I don't know how much longer we can keep this, this ruse going. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And when he shook hands with the air and greeted someone and they and something was in front of him for at least – his imaginary, you know, uh, mindset at this point, and that's all part of cognitive decline, hallucinations. I'm absolutely convinced he saw someone to his right and he shook hands. And we have the Democrat media saying that and Facebook, for example, if you post that you're concerned the president shook hands with the air, they write false on your post and they say that he was imaginary shaking hands with the crowd they they are inventing a storyline this is how bad it's getting where'd you go peter Uh, i'm here but i said have a blessed day anyway okay you do the same thanks okay thank you 609-407-1450 welcome to hurley in the morning you're on the air yeah. Uh, hi, Harry. You mentioned before that words become things. Yeah, Margie. And Margie's recently, expression. Yeah, and recently I was watching a, a sermon about that uh, by Joel Osteen. He was preaching on that very thing that, that words become true. Yeah. And uh, but what concerns me is what about. Your enemies who say bad things that they wish would happen to you, you know, if they say, I hope you're nothing but a failure in life, I hate you. How do you prevent their words from coming true? Well, hey, listen, uh, your enemy senses and preys upon weakness. Enemies stay in check if you exhibit peace through strength, like Ronald Reagan did. Gaddafi bombed us and... President Reagan responded with a disproportionate, appropriate response. And Gaddafi was pretty quiet for about 40 years, 30 or 40 years. Peace through strength. When when the enemy sees that you are weak, 
update incrementally. They try, hey, let's see this, and now we'll do this, and now we'll do this, and they just test you. So Biden's being tested by China, by Iran. Now imagine, Gary, we have Russia as our proxy negotiator for a new Iran deal. How is that even how is that even possible? In what world is that possible? Only in Biden world. Uh, so how do we stop the enemies from actually um, going through with what they're thinking? Uh, with this with this group, we are at their mercy just about. There's not much we can do. I know, but like on, on a personal level, like, you know, uh, like, for example, you know, you, you, you were hoping that, that you could occasionally do uh, national shows and yeah. it came true. Yes. But now, what if you have a, a, a personal enemy that, that wishes bad things for you and says bad things for you that, that they wish would happen to you? Well, I, I have it every day. I, every, I'm lied about every single day. My work is stolen every single day without attribution. The only thing you can do there is just be stronger than they are. And I've proven over the last 31 years that I'm not going anywhere. You can say what you will. You can do what you will. You can take the shots you want to take. You have to show that you've got the um, the, the, the long-distance runner in you, that, that they're maybe in it for a little sprint, but you're in it for the long haul. All you can do is disproportionately fight back. I fight back with the truth. Uh, but if people have bad intentions... You know, uh, John Hinckley had bad intentions for President Reagan. Uh, Lee Harvey Oswald had bad intentions for President Kennedy. Uh, there's not much there's not much you can do. You can you, you can only do what you can do. And, and uh, at times, I, I believe that's been my problem in life. You know, cause I think I could have been a lot more successful if if I didn't have enemies wishing me bad. Well, the enemies wishing you bad only win number one if they're so powerful and they can squash you if you have a crooked prosecutor and you get trumped up charges and 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 locked away and i mean i mean these things have happened to people there's not a lot you can do about that but but common enemies they typically fail i I was reading something earlier this morning and i forget who said it but i should remember because these are I'll paraphrase because I don't remember the words exactly, but we're actually supposed to pray for those who wish us harm in the Bible. We're, we're supposed to pray for those that have done and said bad things about us. Uh, I try. I'm, I'm really good at if you do me wrong, I'm very forgiving I mean, if you came after my family and you tried to hurt my family, it's going to be very hard for me uh, to to come back from that. But I take a lot of shots and then I wind up having a good relationship with the individual because I just don't believe in holding grudges. And if you can go and move on from something that starts out negative, you know, they say it's how you finish, not how you start. So I'm pretty good about that. But a local enemy... They they don't have more power than you have. They can wish you ill, and then what you do is you live a purpose-driven life. You try to do good. You work hard. Uh, you demonstrate uh, that you are a good actor, 
and and not a bad guy and and then anybody that's trying to do you harm they 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 pretty much they expose themselves yeah well i know but i i i do believe unfortunately that some of them succeed in, in causing the harm well sure they do i mean of course they do look how many people harm president trump president trump's denied a second term because people lied about him. Look at look at the condition of this country. One, per, Gary, I have to run. One percent inflation. Now we're approaching ten, and I think they're lying about everything. I think it's worse than the numbers they report. They're they're dishonest about everything. Liars who lie about lying. You're going to join us right after the break. Let me get it in right now. Open forum continues after Sean Hannity and this brief early in the morning timeout. Turn up your radio. Here's the Sean Hannity Morning Minute. All the radicalism of Joe Biden now is so locked in, he doesn't have the ability to, to, to make the adjustments. Bill Clinton did something interesting after he got walloped in 1994. Newt Gingrich, for the first time in 40 years, became the Speaker of the House. Republicans had been out of power in the House of Representatives 40 years. And all of a sudden, Bill Clinton looked at the political horizon and said, I'm dead meat in two years if I don't fix this. Then he came out with the era of big government is over, the end of welfare as we know it. Joe can't do that because his radical, you know, climate alarmist religious cult that rules the Democratic New Green Deal Socialist Party, they won't let him. Check out the Sean Hannity radio show later today, right here. Cards issued by Celtic Bank member FDIC. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider Ramp, a better corporate card and spend management platform. Instead of points, Ramp gives you cash back with every purchase. Ramp software puts real money in your pocket, plus total control over who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's integrated software lets you close your books in hours instead of days. Time is money. Save both with Ramp. Now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash join. R-A-M-P slash join. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack, but not with ZipRecruiter. Its powerful technology actively finds and invites qualified candidates to apply to your job. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash free. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free. Hi, it's Mark Levin. Join me this evening at 6. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. It is 23 minutes past the hour. It's interesting how I, I don't believe in coincidences. Margie had her Bible turned to this page, and it reads, Love your enemies. I saw it this morning at 2 o'clock. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you. And persecute you, Matthew five forty four. That's uh, Gary. What um, the Bible says about your question, ladies and gentlemen. We welcome the hero. Good morning, Mayor. Hey, hey, How are you, sir. I'm well, thank you. Hey, brother. Hey, pal. I just wanted to check in, man. I te- I, if I can add some insight, I think um, the gentleman's name was Gary. Yes. Um, the last caller. Yes. And um, yeah, yeah. I think what I was hearing from him, Mayor, is is uh, he was he was talking he was talking on a on a uh, on a spiritual level with um, 
with someone basically speaking word curses over you, um, something like that. And you're right, what Margie said about your enemy, love your enemies. You know, it, it's easy to love people that we love, but it's the difficult part is to, is to love our enemies, like the Bible says. And when you do that, God's word says, if you do that, okay, the the that 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 God will rain hot coals upon your enemy's head in a case where they're speaking curses on your life. Because what Gary was saying um, is, is it's like what it is, is Satan is the, he is the prince of the airways. So Satan runs around seeking whom he can kill and destroy. And when you speak words out of your mouth, you speak life or death over yourself or your family, those words mean something. When there's an enemy upon you speaking death to you, as long as you're in right standing with the Lord, then they 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 come to no avail. So you need to speak life over yourself. Like you don't wake up and talk and talk death to your kids. Hey, you're going to have a tough day at school today. Uh, it's going to be rough at work today. It's you know <laughs> you're probably going to fail today. You speak those words over your life, and they will come to fruition. You have to speak life over your own self and your family, and you got to be in a right spiritual condition with the Lord. And when you do that, those words go right to the wayside. So- well, see, what I love about that, and as I've gotten older, uh, it doesn't bother me. And this has to be the reason why. Because if I if I mind my business and I don't get, get in stuck on any of this stupid stuff, that's all going to be taken care of for me. Because I am doing good. We do give back. We do what we do in the community. We try to help people. I have a lot of people, as you know, Mike, that come to me every day because they think I can solve their problems. It's, it's unbelievable the things I don't talk about on air that, that happen uh, all throughout every single day of my life. So I don't give energy to any of these bad people. And so it's comforting to hear that they will be taken care of. I don't have to worry about them. Exactly. And we're not to wish upon that because it's still still we have to. The Bible says if you do not forgive your enemies, you are not forgiven. So I don't know about anybody else out there, but I want some of my bad past forgiven. (laughs) So so I'm not holding anything against anyone. And that's 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 how we're supposed to live our lives. And guess what? God will God will God will honor that. He will guide you. He will bless you beyond that. You can find a way in your heart, man, to forgive your enemies and move forward and guess what like you said it's easy to give even evil people give good gifts to their children so let me ask you this mike because i know what a faithful person you are what if somebody tries to harm your son what do you do i love you i love you kill my son i love you for it what do you do about that mayor it's it's that's that's the toughest that's the toughest situation because i know how you are also and yeah do whatever you want to me but don't harm my family. And the bottom line is, I will, I will protect my fa- family. We are, we are called to protect our family. But it says, be angry and sin not. Okay, so we still have to stay godly. But, but if you're talking on a different level, something physically, someone comes into your home, some that's a different story. All bets are off. It says not to shed innocent blood. Somebody's coming against your family, friends, in a in a dangerous physical way. <laughs> Guess what? They're not innocent blood. So um, I just pray that I have the strength to be able to handle things on that line like everyone else. 
it's 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 that's where the challenge is. That's where the rubber meets the road, Mayor. And 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 if we if we can get that point that we're supposed to pray, we're supposed to pray for our enemies. We're supposed to love our enemies as we love ourselves. And like I say all the time, no one loves ourselves more than ourselves. And Mike, so. if you don't get involved, if you don't get involved with your enemies. There really is no oxygen to fuel their rage, their jealousy, their petty agenda, their their hatred. Uh, and it, it really does, I find, it just fizzles out because it just has no, it has no credible standing. Absolutely, Mayor. Like I said, when you're in right standing with the Lord, and you know what? The Bible says if once you become born again, God puts his Holy Spirit in you. God has his Holy Spirit in everyone that accepts him as Lord and Savior, and and darkness cannot come against you. Darkness must ask permission to God to come against a a son and a believer. That's solid. Love it, Mike. Love so it. So just, just rest on that, brother. Love you, pal. Back at you. See you, hero. Ladies and gentlemen, the hero, Mike Heath. The man knows what he speaks. We will be back in just a few minutes, and we continue in open forum until the top of the hour. You're going to be next, and you'll be right after that, so please don't go away. Open forum means uh, we have to hear from you, and we do have some open phone lines for the first time this hour at 609-407-1450. Ladies and gentlemen, coming up in the 8 o'clock hour, John Zarek, and in today's 9 o'clock closing hour, Don Hurley. We're going to begin... Because if Frank Neal didn't make it yesterday, we were going to continue with Don. We were talking about Paul McCartney, September 28th, 2002, boardwalk call in what I have written on the WPGTalkRadio.com website, WPG Talk Radio app, as the greatest concert in Atlantic City history. Now, I was being, I think, modest about that. I think it's the greatest concert ever. But I just said Atlantic City history. And we're going to talk a little bit about that and a little bit about this and a little bit about something else coming up in today's final hour. Your calls, though, right here, right now, after this break, it's early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 South Jersey's number one talk station. 609-407-1450. Phone lines are open. Your calls on air in just a few minutes. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. All right, I'm blaming this one on the person that just called my phone for for that uh, music bed and me not speaking. Three amazing stories. The best crab cakes in Atlantic County. You're reading that by the tens of thousands. Man's Heart Stops, get the story, and Stockton University and Atlantic City partnering together with the Community Cleanup Day coming up in the very near future. From the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network, I'm Chris Coleman for Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. As it looks now, our next chance of seeing any wet weather isn't until Monday night or Tuesday of next week. And until then, the weather is going to be picture perfect for the end of April. We'll see a mix of sun and clouds today with a high of 61. Fair tonight, low of 48. Tomorrow, just retirement readiness kit today and see how this strategy can help secure your future. Text free to 833-898-0500. Text free to 833-898-0500. 0500. Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. 
Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. That Fox News announcer is so spot on. That is great advice to download the podcast, please. If you've ever missed something, uh, it's not one and done. You can go there and it's right from your app. Uh, navigate right to all of the audio content and, of course, all the digital content that is there, such as our article about the best crab cakes in Atlantic County, at least some of them, because it was tough. I wanted to keep going and going and going. Then I get people to put this one up on the comment and say this one's better. I mean, it's just it's really a lot of fun. So we have some of the best crab cakes in Atlantic County. Check it out. A lot of you have been. A man's heart stopped at a brigantine restaurant. And these two heroes from Atlantic Care restarted him. And he went to the hospital, had a procedure done by a great doctor, Dr. Van Hook, and rehabilitated, recuperated, probably a better word, uh, and was discharged. He gets to live longer. He would have been gone. It's, a, it's an amazing story. Not that I wrote it. Forget that. It was a privilege to write the story. Just the story is amazing. And also Stockton University in Atlantic City, City of Atlantic City, partnering together in a community cleanup day this uh, Saturday. This portion of Hurley in the Morning brought to us in part by Batteries Plus Bulbs at 900 Tilton Road in Northfield and at 1215 New Jersey Route 73 in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Yes, this is Harry Hurley for Batteries Plus Bulbs. Roy and his team of extraordinarily service-minded individuals, they have creative solutions to fix your cell phones or batteries for your various power tools and devices and so many other applications. And I mean from the tiniest little watch battery all the way up to full-size car batteries. And they have a workshop where they can redo anything All the cell phones, you break the screen, no problem. Mike Heath did. They fixed his. You have a problem with an electrical appliance, an item. They take care of it. They're just fantastic. And when you go in, not only do I appreciate it when you mention that I sent you, that's something that is so meaningful to me. It's why we're able to do what we do for the past more than 30 years here at WPG Talk Radio 95.5. But you will save 10% at the point of sale at the cash register. So mention my name. Very important to me and to you. How about this pregame demonstration? Nobody talks to anybody anymore that causes an evacuation of the U.S. Capitol, all members and staff and everybody. How dumb is this? The Nationals were hosting the Arizona Diamondbacks. There was an amazing pregame demonstration involving parachuters at the Nationals Park, and because nobody talks to anybody, they're, they're thinking they've got a breach of, of the airspace, and they, they evacuate the Capitol. Totally avoidable. A little communication. As someone that's in the communication business, I get frustrated when people have an absolute failure to communicate. 609 Four zero seven fourteen fifty. Joel Embiid did not have a failure to communicate last night with less than one second left and a wild three-point shot that he hit his first game winner. Jeff Skaversky uh, picked up on this stat. I never knew it because you figure a guy like him would have won games in the last second. He was 0 for 14 in his career on last second shots with one second left or less until last night. 
than the Sixers with a 3-0 lead and your boy one pizza bigger. Woo! Welcome to the Hurley in the Morning program. You're on the air. Oh, my God, boss. Oh, my God. You, Mr. Harry Hurley, are so inside my head. Good. You just hit on the two topics I wanted to discuss with you today, back to back. Well, I promise this. I am renting space in your head right now for free. I will not send you a bill. I'm telling you, you're inside my head. That is ridiculous. It wasn't only parachuters. It was the Golden Knights from yeah. the Army. That will be that will be coming to the Atlantic City Air Show here in August. Right. How did they not know that the Army Golden Knights were jumping into Washington National Stadium? Well, here's the crazy thing. I know this much. When they are here, everybody knows it. They do such a great job. Schultz uh, Air Shows and uh, the um, aviation experts uh, over there at Hughes Technical, at the airport. Everyone knows uh, that, hey, we're having an air show. So, you know, they clear airspace, as you know, and you know a little bit about this stuff. Uh, Yeah, that should have never, never, ever have happened. Uh, But for some reason, it did. And so the airspace they treated breached. The alert from the U.S. Capitol Police was sent out. I got to tell you, we got to take a look at um, what's going on here. They didn't do a good job on January 6th. Pelosi's in charge of that. And now they're sending out uh, an alert to flee the Capitol building, uh, members and staffers. This is embarrassing. Ridiculous, Harry. But my second point, I'll be as quick as I can. My favorite player in the NBA, Joel Embiid. I'm telling you right now, I love the guy. I absolutely, he's a seven foot two, 300 pound teddy bear, that guy. Did you ever hear him in an interview? Yeah, I've heard him. And I'll tell you another thing about him is for as big as he is, and he's tall and he's a big man, he's very agile and he can dribble, he can shoot. I, I early on didn't think that he is as good as I now realize he is. He is a heck of a player, and he will be the MVP. Yeah, he should have got it last year, but the Sixers got to win a, a playoff series or else if he if they win this playoff series, he'll get the MVP this year. That's my prediction. Yeah, but I thought, I mean, that would be just be an extension of something that shouldn't matter. The MVP is for the MVP of the regular season. Yeah, but it does. Right, it shouldn't. It does it, I know. I agree with you, but it shouldn't matter. Matt, it's halftime. I've got to go. So the two things you were thinking of, we're on the same page. Kevin, I don't have time to get to you. I apologize. You just came in now, and it's five minutes from the uh, halftime break. John Zarek is next, followed up by Don Hurley. And this is Hurley in the Morning. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's do this. It's six minutes past the hour. John Zarek, a.k.a. Gentleman John Zarek, Esquire, is here. This is Smart Law with John Zarek. John Zarek is the official lead counsel 
for criminal defense legal matters for the Hurley in the Morning program. This is Smart Law with John Zarek. The law offices of John Zarek focus their efforts on criminal defense law. Their goal is simple in in words, in, but but profound in nature. They strive to provide you and yours with the very best legal defense. And and really, in this game of life, how much could you hope for that someone is going to give you a hundred percent effort? And that's not everyone, but that is John Zarek, and that is the um, the standard that the that the entire Zarek firm uh, adheres to. You can reach John at six zero nine. 641-2266, and they're on the web. You can check out the team, John Zarek, Z-A-R-Y-C-H, johnzarek.com. Counselor, let me hit you hard right out of the box, and I do know this is a fact when I say it. It's, it's your work ethic, and you instill it in the whole team, and and I just know I just know that what I just said was true, and I believe it's extremely important. I mean, people are paying you they 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 want a hundred percent effort and that's what you give isn't it uh it is it is uh i it it really is nothing to be complimented about harry it's just uh it's just there's no other way to do it and sleep at night as far as i'm concerned i mean we we like uh, we like people we enjoy engaging with people and again, even even if uh, one member of the family, usually the young young man, um, it could be others, but uh, you know, there's typically a young man in the family who has uh, gone out with some friends and uh, or fallen in with some friends that are questionable character-wise, and get in trouble. That that young guy gets in trouble. And you have a whole family that you're you're dealing with. I just met with a family yesterday in a case where uh, three people were there besides the um, the individual involved, besides the young person involved. So uh, we do that, uh, and you're and these people. This is the worst thing that ever happened to their family ever, even if it's a relatively minor offense, even if it's a you know, anything that can be handled in a municipal court, for example, it's still a devastating, or a DWI, it's still a devastating thing for the family. And, um, you know, I think I think we want, because it could impair uh, employability, it can, could impair um, education, could impair security clearances. Uh, it's really serious stuff. I mean, anything we deal with is serious. And so you have a, a family who uh, just wants the best for their loved one, and they they don't want the world necessarily. They just want everything that can be done to uh, under the state constitution and the federal constitution and our various laws. They want everything that can be done to save um, their loved one. And so if you're going to do that job, in in our opinion, if you're going to do the job, you really want to do the very best that can be done. Uh, not just a good try, but you really want to be kind of obsessive about it, and um, and that's what we do. I mean, the most the most important thing we do we we do we put in time, we do mechanical things, we 
go to court, we prepare, we investigate, we do a lot of things. But the most important thing we do is to um, think, to make decisions. Hey, John, comment further about this for your listeners, because I think this is also for us mere lay people. This is a telltale. I think when you're looking at who is appropriate and, and of course, you're my official and exclusive, so I don't speak about anybody else in, in your line of work in criminal defense law other than John Zarek. But and I, I know you're the best. But having said that, someone that's looking for their criminal defense attorney, I think they should ask, how often do you go to trial? Because if you're if you're looking at someone and they either never go, which means they're making deals maybe when better you know outcomes are possible. If you're if you got somebody that never goes to trial, I'd stay away from that. Yeah, well, we're never going to go to trial in a case that's inappropriate for trial, you know, just because, um, you know, just because we want to be tough guys and we want to be heroes and we want to look good in the press. I mean, you know, we, we never take that tack. We only go to trial when it's the best. First of all, a client has a right to go to trial. Regardless of who the lawyer is, what the assessment is, a client has a constitutional right to a trial by jury. Um, there could be a, a great deal of evidence against them. And if the client says, look, I didn't do this, I want to go to trial, uh, I'll take the consequences, which are usually severe. Uh, I'll take the consequences if, if things go wrong. Uh, then that client, ha- you have to go to trial with that client. You have to um, then do your very, very, very best to prepare and win that case. So, you know, a client has a right to go to trial. So we want to go to, we, we go to trial, we recommend trial in cases where we have um, a good prospect of winning the case and where, uh, the consequences of the plea are are devastating, and almost every plea is devastating. So, yeah, we're prepared to go to trial in every case that we get. That's the way we start. We, you know, we we talk to the client, we listen, we get lots of information, we investigate, we prepare, we get uh, evidence. We get a lot of evidence that isn't initially given to us. You know, we're persistent with regard to getting that evidence. Uh, a lot of body cams. Everybody has a body cam today, so we, you know, make sure we get those body cams. Um, we get the transcripts of any hearings that have taken place because all those statements, if there's a witness testifying against your client at some later time, all those statements can be used to cross-examine the witness. Hey, John, quick follow up. How about these ring cameras? And I know there's other brands, but ring is the most prevalent. We have one, for example, they take amazing videos. They're all over the place. These are also uh, quite evidentiary, aren't they? They are. They are. And they're, you know, they're the kinds of things that police look for routinely. Now they just automatically on scene will start uh, surveying the cameras uh, ring and other surveillance cameras that are there and they'll also um you know and we also do the same thing you know typically have an investigator go and 
scour the area or the neighborhood to make sure that we get those those that very good evidence because there's nothing like uh, there's no, nothing like a video showing your client who is supposed to be the aggressor um say sleeping on a park bench and somebody coming up and punching them in the head a few times obviously we see who the aggressor is in that circumstance so yeah it's that that evidence is very good let's get a quick break in john don't go away much more important content how do, how can i say that well because he's john zarek he's a serious smart man that's how why i know much more important content is straight ahead with john zarek i am early in the morning and all because of you this is south jersey's number one talk station wpg talk radio 95.5 here's sean hannity WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's talk station. WPG Talk Radio 95.5. For complete contest rules, visit WPGTalkRadio.com. Thank you and welcome back. It's 20 minutes past the hour. If you're just joining the program, check the podcast out later because a couple of very interesting opening questions to Counselor Zarek about the philosophy of the law offices of John Zarek and the effort that's put out and why. Uh, And I just have so much respect for John's work ethic. And I just know this, that when when you pick John Zarek, uh, you will be well served. And you've earned that reputation, John. Well, we we really like to do the right thing. I mean, when when I was in uh, when I was in law school, (laughs) I tell people this, you know, like when when I get into a case, when we get into a case, I mean, we really flesh it out. I mean, not not just short shrift or just do the basics. We try to really, you know, master the situation and then some. And that might seem a little overboard. I mean, I know there there are times when we, you know, submit a lot of things in in what should be a, a routine case, but you know, we're not looking for. Um, we're not looking for an even fight, you know what I mean? We're not looking for, we, we want, you know, we want our client safe. Um, I report to, typically I report to my client, of course, but very often I'm reporting to parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, you know, people that really, really love our client, really want them taken care of. And uh, I want to do everything you know, I want to do everything I can to make that happen. And um, I think it, in in general, that kind of effort, it, it's really not a, it's near, really not strategic. Uh, I think it's a good thing strategically, but it's, it's really just a matter of what I'm comfortable with. I, I just don't, um, it's very fortunate in law school. You know, I, I f- fell in with a good crew, um, I was on law review. I graduated cum laude. I um, was top of my class uh, a couple times in, you know, the the top grade in the school in various in, in a couple different subjects. You know, um, and it's called uh, I think now it's called the Cali Award. It used to be called an Amjur Award, an American Jurisprudence Award, but. Uh, we were then I became a law review editor and uh, we were my crew was um, really, really into it. You know, like we were eggheads uh, 
to a, a very great degree. You know, like we were we were always talking about cases. We were always talking about the differences in the circuits, the federal circuits, and what the Supreme Court is cooking up. And with you know, we were we had a law professor who was uh, a former clerk on the Supreme Court and was still a Supreme Court watcher. So he would spend, he was a constitutional law professor, and he would he would spend a lot of time telling us the ins and outs of, of cases moving through the system and what's likely to happen. And, you know, the, I, I won't say, I won't say a lot of cases that get to the Supreme Court of the United States, uh, it's not rigged, but there certainly is a lot of strategy involved in who takes what case up when and um, a lot of judge watching, you know, a lot of timing. And that's that's on both sides. That's on the conservative side of an issue or the uh, liberal side of an issue or the now I'd say the leftist side of the issue. So we that's what we did a lot of. I mean, we we and and my crew, the the law review editors that were my gang, so to speak, that we, you know, basically spent uh, morning, noon, and night together working. Uh, my crew, you know, they they did generally well, you know. Um, law professor, law professors, uh, uh, Supreme Court uh, justices in, in uh, not not Supreme Court of the United States, but Court of Appeals of Maryland. Uh, we had one United States attorney, one assistant attorney general, you know, uh, maybe deputy attorney general. We had a lot of really accomplished. One of my classmates, Frank Birch, was, uh, in fact, Bill Gormley works for his firm now. He was uh, a good friend in law school and he, he in my class, and he founded uh, the largest law firm in the world, Piper LLC. Hey John, I I know you mentioned that once before, but it didn't it didn't I didn't commit it to memory. I know the firm, of course, uh, very well, and and Senator Ditto know him well. Uh, I didn't know they were the largest firm in the world, though. I knew they were huge. Don't get me wrong. I know I knew they were incredibly huge, largest firm in the world. Wow, that's no joke. Yeah, yeah they are. Yeah, he's. Uh, I mean. F- Frank was always, and and it's an interesting thing, and it's interesting for a number of reasons. He was always a surfer, right? So he worked extremely hard, um, and he always surfed. And in fact, when he and so what he did was, and again, uh, Bill Gormley is one of his partners right now, um, along with Tim Lowry. They're they're doing great work here and elsewhere. Um, but they have about, I would estimate now, about 4,000 lawyers uh, Wow! in maybe 80, again, an estimate, maybe 80, 80 offices around the world. So what they did, and this is, this is interesting for all of us for how goal setting works, um, Frank saw he was a, a partner. Uh, Piper and Marbury was the firm in, in Baltimore. 
he was a he became a partner in that firm. Uh, he clerked for that firm when he was starting out. Did some time in the attorney general's office, which was very, which in Maryland is extremely prestigious. By the way, am I correct, John? If you know, uh, is it like D. L. Piper or something like that? Piper LLC is what it is. Okay, now. got it. Uh, but it might be, I, it, it, yeah, maybe it's. I, I'm not sure of the latest name, but Piper. Yeah, it's something it, about what I said popped into my head. D. L. Piper, but uh, Piper for sure. But what a um, wow! Piper, that's, but yeah, yeah. It, it, well, what what happened is uh, Frank is a, a really smart guy and a really hardworking guy, and uh, what he did was he he saw when we saw that uh, the the world is flat concept that where computers were starting to connect the world and connect uh, trade and so forth, so that you take someone takes a television off a rack in uh, Walmart in Mays Landing, and that signals a counter in in uh, Beijing in a factory, and when that count hits a certain number, they pack up those, you know, half a dozen televisions and ship them to the United States to keep that flow going. You know, so that's that's the way the world is connected now. You know, you you make one move, you ring up something in in Walmart here, and there's a factory filling in the blank automatically without any human communication uh, around the world. So he foresaw that there were uh, that there was a need for there were there were some law firms that had a few offices around the world, London, you know, Japan, Tokyo, whatever, but nothing. Serious. So what he did was he designed a law firm to fit with he designed a law firm to fit with the um, existing emerging global economy, and there was nothing else like it. And so he that's what he he did. So all of a sudden we had a we had commerce and and computers that wrapped the world wrapped around the world, and now you know he created a law firm that wrapped around the world and. Uh, Obviously, very, very, very successful. Very cool, John. You hit your mark, as you usually do. You're a radio professional on top of being the best criminal defense lawyer uh, in the market. I would say, dare say, beyond, but I don't want to make you blush. It is 30 minutes past the hour. We will be back with the Law Offices of John Zarek presents Smart Law with John Zarek. With John, I am Harry Hurley, a.k.a. Hurley in the Morning, on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. This is the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. And it's still me at 30 minutes past the hour. Three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. I'm proud to say John's read a couple of these. We did a piece yesterday that was so much fun. I put together some of the best crab cakes with pictures, my own pictures, for the most part, in Atlanta County. Also, a man's heart has stopped or had stopped and heroes restarted it and saved his life. That story's up and Stockton University and the city of Atlantic City. 
the Town Square, New Jersey Info and Weather Network. I'm Chris Coleman for Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. This is about as calm and uneventful as the weather gets here in South Jersey with no big storms or even little chances of rain in the forecast through the weekend and beyond. We'll see a mix of sun and clouds today with a high of 61. Just a few clouds tonight with a low of 48. Tomorrow, the pick of the week, sunshine in 71. And the weekend looks nice too, partly sunny Saturday and Sunday with temperatures in the 60s. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Brian Kilmeade is next at 10. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We're back 38 minutes past the hour. It's Smart Law with John Zarek. Counselor, before the very timely timeout, you were saying? Yeah, I, uh, I wanted to... Uh, I wanted to run through what we do. So a lot of people say, well, you're, you, you know, you need a criminal lawyer. You know, the police are there or there's an investigation or you've been charged with something. You need a criminal lawyer. But after that, they don't quite know what happened. So um, I just want to run through quickly sort of the routine, the types of things we do um, to make sure that our clients are, are well taken care of. So. Um, first of all, we do investigations. So people call and they say, John, I don't know what's going on, but there are two FBI agents at my door. You know, I don't know what else to, to do about this. And, um, so they, um, you know, I, I say, well, hand the phone to the FBI agent. Right. And, uh, of course, we don't charge to do that. You know, we're not going to say, well, um, let them, you know, let them arrest you or do this or do that. And and then uh, make an appointment with my office a week from now and uh, we'll see you then and see what's what. That's too late. So so typically, you know, I, I want people to call right away and typically will, you know, I, I they don't have to hire me uh, formally anyway or agree to pay if if they're in a crisis so i'll typically just say hand the phone to the police officer to the fbi agent to the state trooper whoever it is and i i've never gotten now maybe 30 years ago uh you you you'd get i'm not talking to anybody you know that kind of stuff uh on the part of law enforcement <laughs> but i never get that now i never you know i i i i get so Nothing now, different. now, John, that person that who knows what they're scared, they don't know what's going on. They're capable of saying anything uh, could incriminate themselves unwittingly. Now that is all taken out of play because you got on the phone and knew what to say. Yeah, it may not it may not solve the problem completely, but at least it's not going to put a, a person just simply by talking and perhaps making a mistake about their memory or about what they did or didn't do, or worse, trying to act like their own lawyer, making up arguments uh, while they're talking to the police or the FBI or someone like that. Now, now, after you talk to somebody like that, say that that is textbook and it happens perfectly and the person doesn't say anything and called you first and you talk to the, the to whoever, the FBI agent, the state trooper, the local police officer, whoever it is, detective, whoever, uh, at that point in time, is it pretty well, is the die cast that they're not going to speak 
anymore to the person there? I mean, I know it could be they're there to arrest the person. They might take them out. But does that many times stop that person from having to say anything to the law enforcement officer? It does. It does. If if someone's placed under arrest, um, you have to give basic what's called booking information or you're, you could be charged with a disorderly person's offense. So if they say, uh, what's your name? Um, do you have any tattoos? Do you, you know, do you have any scars? Um, where, where do you live? That sort of thing. You have to give basic booking information. Um, no interrogation, but you have to say who you are so that they can process the criminal case. If you don't do that, then you typically will be charged with a disorderly person's offense. Uh, not the biggest problem in the world, but, you know, typically people don't want extra trouble uh, when they've already got enough trouble. So, yeah, typically we would talk to the we would we would talk to the agent or the um uh, police officer, detective, and, and you know, say what's going on. I, most, I can I can tell you, most of the time in Atlantic or Cape May County, they, you know, the the person talking on the other phone either knows us um, or knows of us. You know, so we we typically don't have you know we we don't posture and we don't act like tough guys and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that's that's amateur hour, really. So we'll typically say to say an FBI agent, Dan, what's what's you know? There's one particular person who handles a lot of uh, I guess sexually oriented things, and uh, I'll I'll say, Dan, what's what's going on? I'll say, well, we got this, 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 this. That's okay. I'll I'll be over, you know, and um, come over and and talk to the client and assess the situation and do the best, uh, do the best for the client. So you want, we, we wouldn't be typically talking to that person. Um, the, the person wouldn't typically be talking to the police, uh, at that time, but it doesn't mean that there wouldn't be some cooperation, uh, talking to the police later on. Uh, but uh, but if you didn't get on the phone, w- wouldn't they just start asking the person? The cops can ask anybody anything they want. You don't know if you don't know, you don't have to answer. Won't they just try to get all kinds of things asked and answered? Don't they? They do. In, in in fact, in fact, police are allowed to investigate. This is the really dangerous thing about it. They're allowed to. Um, they come on the scene. Uh, person A said this happened bad, 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 and, and person B did it. Person B is your client. Um, and so they ask person B, so what happened? You know, they're investigating, and when they're investigating, as long as the person is not in custody, and they make great pains often to not have the person in custody, they don't put cuffs on them, say you're under arrest, they just, you know, they're not going to let them go. John, here's my follow-up question after the break. We've got to go to the break right now. 45 minutes past the hour. Smart Law with John Zarek continues. Correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm, I'm just the brother of a retired lawman. Uh, but it's my understanding that they can lie to you. And if they can lie to you, I don't like that. And I don't understand why that would be allowed. You can't lie to them. 
you're, you're obstructing justice or if you're under oath, then you, you're in, in even more trouble. I guess you're in trouble even just lying in general. But they can lie to you is my understanding. And, you know, I'm very pro police, but I'm not pro that. They should not – like if you say, hey, am I under investigation? Oh, no, you're not under investigation. You might very well be. You might be, be their number one subject, target. Uh, am I right? Can they lie to you? And you cannot lie to them. When we come back, more Zarek Law, Smart Law. With John Zarek, with John, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me today at 3, but now back to Hurley in the Morning right here on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station. Thank you very much, Sean Hannity. It's 51 minutes past the hour. The counselor, John Zarek, the official, the exclusive lead counsel for criminal defense matters for the Hurley in the Morning program continues. Smart Law with John Zarek. John, right before the break, I presented the question to you. In pursuit of their truth, is it true that a police officer is allowed to lie and misrepresent to a citizen? Yes. Why yeah. are they Why are and, they allowed to and, do that? Yeah. Well, the, it's an interrogation technique uh, and included included in a lot of techniques used in interrogation. Uh, telling uh, defendant the story that, uh, for example, that the other person, their co-defendant, is blaming it on them. And that the reason they'll say something like that is because that sometimes will trigger, I say often will trigger uh, the person being interrogated to say, I didn't shoot her. you know, Joey shot her. He's blaming it on me. He's the one that shot her. It was my gun, but he shot her, you know. Um, right. They can um, actually lie and tell you that somebody is saying you did it. And then you then you get all worked up, lathered up and start blabbing stuff. I, 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 I obviously I want justice. I want the truth to prevail. But it just seems like it's not a fair game uh, when one side can lie and the other side, if they lie, they're in a lot of trouble. I, I, I don't like that. And I think they should have much more uh, restrictive rules you, to get to the truth. They should have to, to, to conduct themselves a certain way. You know, you could make anybody. If you said, tell me you're guilty or I'm killing your kids in the other room, somebody would say, I'm guilty. I, I did it. I did it. Even if you didn't do it. I don't like that they can lie and people can't. I don't like that. Never well, did. here's. Here's how it works. Here's how it works, Harry. It's 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 appropriate for police to uh, for people who have waived their right to counsel or have counsel present. Um, it's appropriate for them to question the 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 uh, suspect, and it's appropriate appropriate for them to not tell the hundred percent truth when they're doing it. That's that's allowed and. You know, when we have a situation well, where... Well, wait a minute, though. Wait a minute, though. See, an act of omission, I'm fine with. I'm not saying they have to tell you everything they know and, and speak the truth in, in, in no uncertain terms. But I'm saying they shouldn't be allowed to say, hey, Harry, come on. You're not in any trouble here. John just told us you did it. And then you didn't tell them I did it. And I said, well, I don't know why John would say that. I didn't do it. John did it. So I don't know why they're allowed to do that. I, I 
to trick to trick rather than, hey, listen, work hard, get the truth. But they I don't think they should be able to lie. There's a distinction, Harry, and I'll and I'll explain. I think you'll agree with me when we're done. Um, we we want the police uh, in general. We want the police when they're questioning people that are not represented, who have waived their right, and and these are very often people who think they're smarter than everyone else. Uh, maybe narcissistic personalities where they they they're smarter than the police, and they. They have a command and they can handle it. They don't need a lawyer. What do those lawyers know anyway? When when they're questioning that type of person who has, you know, perhaps murdered three people in a family in a in a uh, uh, home invasion break in, we do we do want the police in general. We do want the police to get the right answer. You know, we do want to take those people off the street. Uh, so we give police leeway in the questioning, and one thing they can do, and it's, and it's totally appropriate for them to say, well, Joe said you did it um, when Joe didn't actually do it, and then they prompt the type of response that I said uh, earlier that, that essentially is a, an admission or a confession, which is ironclad in many cases. So the, the jury would listen to that, that statement no, it was my gun, but he was the one that yeah, shot right, him. I right. just planned it. Uh, Let me know. ask you a follow-up from our mutual friend, Jim. Are officers allowed to lie about a suspect's appearance and attitude? I don't, I don't even know quite how to take that, but I read it to you verbatim. What about that? Well, in court, officers are, or on their reports, they're not allowed to lie. They're not allowed to lie about anything. You know, they have to they have to tell the truth and and typically they do but back to the question of of telling a, a suspect something that isn't so the the way that is governed okay we we have the police have the ability and have the leeway to tell some a suspect it isn't so they could tell that Joe said they did it but Joe really hadn't said that the way we govern that is to exclude uh, confessions that are coercive, okay? In other words, they're, they're forced by the police. For example, uh, a, a, a confession where the police say they have somebody for 12 hours, which, is, which doesn't happen these days, at least doesn't happen in, in our counties, um, but they have people in custody for a very, very long time, uh, the people are worn down, and they convince them that they're guilty. The person says, I- "I'm not guilty. I know I didn't do it." But they, but they break them, John. To put it in short language, they break them. Correct? It can, it, yeah, it can happen where they say, "No, we know you did it, and you're going to go away." But do you want to go for two years, or do you want to go for your the rest of your life? There you go. And oh, okay, I, okay. I, 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 and they, and they, they agree to something that's not true. Two minute drill, John. I got to ask you a question because today's the day. New Jersey officially becomes stoner nation. Legalize recreational marijuana in New Jersey. It's legal, but there are still potential criminal ramifications for people would you uh we've only got about a minute and a half but give us your best minute and a half on that and we'll continue that another time yeah 
I think the legalization of marijuana was a disaster for the state of New Jersey. That will play out very soon. We'll, we'll plainly see that as they are in Colorado and other places. Um, whether we can politically turn that around is another question, but it, it will be a disaster. But you can still get into lots of trouble. You can uh, distribute or sell marijuana to an underage person, for example, that is still a crime uh, and child abuse, endangering the welfare of a child, a lot of bad things. That's going to go on a lot, but it, it's going to be a crime that we're going to see a lot of. And uh, you can also drive under the influence of marijuana just because you, you know, just because you say that it's legal doesn't mean, you know, Xanax is legal yeah. if you get a prescription. Uh, Oxycontin is legal if you get a prescription. You can't drive under, you know, a lot of a lot of people. Twenty seconds. We've gotten we regularly, yeah, we regularly get a lot of people that are charged and say, well, it's a prescription. Well, you get a prescription for very powerful stuff uh, that'll cause you to kill somebody, and you can't do that. So we're going to see a lot of that, uh, along with a general deterioration of the population. Yeah, we're going to see an uh, increase in dropout rate in schools. And I don't mean, even mean just college. I mean even high school. We're going to see um, not as much revenue as they promised. We're going to see a lack of productivity in our communities. Uh, Washington State, we've written extensively on that. John mentioned Colorado. It's a disaster. John, thank you. Another great guest, Don Hurley, is next. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Before we talk... From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you very much for waking up early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, all because of you. South Jersey's number one talk station. Thank you so much for that. We were going to roll back the Wayback Machine in segment one with Don P. Hurley uh, to Paul McCartney, Boardwalk Hall, the greatest concert in Atlantic City history. Just just to be, I mean, modest about it, but I believe it ranks higher than just the greatest concert in Atlantic City history. I remind you, 31 songs. It was every great Beatles song Every great wing song. There were two encores, three songs each. So we're talking 37 songs over more than two hours. I still to this day, because I speak for a living and I drink during a four hour air shift at least 23.7 ounces of water. And I'm not trying to be a wise guy and precise, but I drink a whole bottle and it's 23.7 ounces. Paul McCartney, I watched him. He didn't take a sip of water. He didn't, wasn't drinking water in the, in the dressing room 40, 45 minutes before the show because I was with him then. And he, we walked out together. He was so cool. And uh, he didn't drink then. He didn't drink. I'm not recommending this, by the way. Uh, but I was just amazed. So this would have been whatever, what exactly. I'm, gonna, I'm going to write a piece about it on the day. 
September 28th. I already have it in my mind. And of course, I've written two stories about it over the last four years or so. And I can't I can't wait to write that for September 28th on the actual 20th anniversary of that. But so that's Sir Paul McCartney is 79 years old right now. So he was 59 when he did that concert. I I had to tell you, he looked in his 40s. Incredibly fit. I mean, taut facial skin. He looked so young. Check out if you go to the app or WPGTalkRadio.com, check out the picture. It's from September 28th, 2002. It's unretouched. And, I mean, the man looks 10 years younger than he is then. But it was it was fantastic. And we're going to get to that. But in the first segment, what I want to do first, we'll welcome Don. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hey, good morning, Harry. How are you? Good. And we'll continue with what we ended with yesterday right after Tom Cantone uh, in a little bit, maybe after the second sure. break. I see us maybe doing some police work uh, until the bottom of the hour. Then we'll get into the fun stuff. I want to get a comment from you because you know you know my feelings about this. I don't like that police officers can lie. but And I'm not saying that we should be able to lie to them. I don't want anybody lying to anyone. I don't think it's fair game that they can say, hey, hey, Harry, we're not after you. We know you're you're innocent. You're not guilty of anything. But we got this guy, Don, in there, and he says you did this. And and I, I just don't think they should be able to lie. Now, you did the job for a career. You're retired. Uh, what do you think about that? Well, listen, it, it's one of those things. It was funny because I was listening with John Zarek, and he and I did a couple of years ago. We did a whole segment on this. And it was fascinating because, you know, we had John's extensive experience in law and I was on the other side with the uh, the police experience. And um, John was right on. It was kind of quick because you didn't have a lot of time left in the segment. But here's here's what it is, Harry. I don't blame anybody for feeling the way that you do. Uh, I think you're wrong. Uh, you know, they'll say it's not fair. Well, it's not fair that th- these criminals uh, beat people up and rob them and rape them and kill them and so that's not fair either. Right, no, I want you to be able to get at the truth, but I say not by any means possible. Well, it's not it's not any means because here's here's what happens. You can't threaten people, you can't coerce them, you, you know, but you, you can employ psychological tactics. I mean, you could do Harry. things like, "Hey, you better tell me you did it or you're going to jail for 20 years." Well, and there there are a lot of but there there are a lot of tactics, Harry, and I've used them myself and people think it might not be fair. And what you do is, just like John said, you testify openly in court. You tell the truth. Of course I lied to him. I wanted to get to the truth. I knew, believed, had reason to believe this person killed someone, and we needed to get to the truth. So, of course, I lied to him when I had to. Uh, that's that's the truth. The truth is you, the, the police are allowed to lie under certain circumstances. But the criminal. But I thought jurors are allowed to say, uh, I forget the uh, uh, the Latin term for it, but false in one false in all if the cops are lying all over the place what is there a good lie well no but what it is again they're 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 psychological tactics harry they're not you know you're not coercing because what you don't want to do you don't want to coerce someone into a false confession either you well, what, what about this though can they say that somebody because they separate you they're, they're they're trying to get to the truth and by the way you understand my my love and respect of police officers i mean i i i don't hold a second chair to anyone 
over the past more than 30 years, we have taken up. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, a, a Silver Life member. I'm proud Silver Life member of the Atlantic City PBA. I'm pro-police all the way. This is just one little bone of contention with me. Maybe it's not so little. But can they say that um, Chelsea is in the other room and Chelsea says that you did it? Now, Chelsea didn't say I did it, but they're lying and saying that Chelsea said I did it. Now, how does someone react to something like that? It might be your friend. It could be your wife. Uh, and you're thinking, hey, what's going on here? I'm getting sold down the tubes. I didn't do it. And then you start blabbing. Well, I don't know what that is. I didn't do it. She did it. And is that fair game? Yes. All right. I don't like it. I, I knew you were going to yeah. say that, but, but, I, okay, I, but I, I, I don't like yeah. it. I, I, we're not allowed to lie to you. You shouldn't be allowed to lie to us. Everybody should have to be able to get at the truth the right way. Um, I never liked that, that police could lie. And and I think it should cause draw a lot of things into question. I mean, if I were a lawyer, I'd say, look, this this guy's lying all over the place. You you don't believe him here. He's lying here. you you got to separate good lies from bad lies. I, I think you can have a field day with that kind of thing. Yeah, but I'll tell you how you'd be surprised to know that, that that's not so because, you know, I, I've testified before many juries and they are really good, you know, at getting to the, to the truth of a matter. And they they will understand when a, a police officer that was legitimately employing psychological tactics in order to get to the truth in the matter, not to coerce someone into a, a fake confession or anything like that without threats and intimidation, but just. Uh, you, you might not think that's not fair, Harry, but I'll tell you, these juries are real good at figuring it's not fair that that guy rolled over an 80-year-old woman and stole her purse. Uh, it works. It's effective. Uh, I found that the juries will separate the fact that you employed those tactics and you're not lying about the material facts in the case and, and all of that. So, Yeah, it's a fair comment. One other, one other follow-up to, to, this whole, to this whole concept in terms of what you can say and and what you can't say, how effective can someone be with a defense of, hey, you know, I know you're saying that the jurors are really good at figuring it out, but if you got one juror to say, hey, you know what, it's a pretty good point they're making that they lied about this, and and how do I know they didn't lie about everything? Do you, it sounds to me that your experience of many many years tells you that's not effective. Uh, it's, I can tell you it's not effective. It doesn't work. It, it's never worked in any case that I've ever been involved with. And I've had lawyers do exactly what you're doing, Harry. It doesn't work because, you know, we don't lock up people that didn't do it. You know, uh, it's just not the way well, it is. Well, so, sometimes, sometimes you do. Uh, you, you, police are wrong sometimes. You, you know that sometimes police think they have their man, they have their woman, and it just all looks like it fits so incredibly, you know, uh, buttoned down. And it turns out, wow, wasn't that a, I mean, you, you, you can't say there was never a time where the person you thought did something, maybe they acted sketchy, uh, maybe they were a wise guy, maybe they just – everything's pointed, to bad body language, so non-verbally a disaster. I mean, it's happened, right? People – we know this. In fact, I think the different studies that are done have gone as high as something like – 15% or more of the people in jail are innocent 
of what they've been convicted of. Yeah, I don't believe that. I don't believe that at all. The, now, there are mistakes made. Of course they are. And, you know, now with DNA and things like that, we've proven mistakes are made. But I don't believe 15 percent of innocent people. Are, I'll, I'll are, check the math, but it's it's a pretty it's a pretty disturbing number. Uh, I, I don't remember it being small. I think it's in that 10 to 15 percent range. And I'm going by the study that um, Cy Vance's son, Junior Cy Vance, uh, did. Um, and I can't remember if that was Delaware, I think in Delaware. But anyhow, and it was nationwide. It wasn't just a Delaware specific thing. In fact, it was so high uh, that he ordered all these cases to be opened up. And they found even more that were innocent. Now, I think it is. I'm going to look it up. I think it is a, a really bad number. One last item. If someone chooses not to comment, they just don't want to say the wrong thing. They just choose. You've given them their Miranda rights and they say nothing. That should not. I don't want to do this in the negative, but that should not draw any inference that they are guilty, should it? No. They have a right to remain silent, but when they don't remain silent, you know, we have a right. All- remember, remember, there was somebody, though, it was a bad actor, but there was a prosecutor that actually uh, held that against someone and put them in a light of their failure to comment. Should It was outrageous, and it happened in a courtroom. I remember the judge went bananas, and it's been within the last year, used that person's failure to comment as indication that they were guilty. No, that's outrageous. And you know what the whole thing, Harry, you got to look at it. It's, it's a great system. I mean, if you think about it. Well, by the way, even though I'm splitting the I, – I, honestly, I agree with you completely. We have the greatest system in the world, and, and it's actually set up that guilty people go free so that not one innocent person should be incarcerated. And, of course, it doesn't turn out that way because I'm telling you the number is bigger than you think, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to square this. And let me get the break in, and I'll come back with that answer. It's going to be bigger – I think it's going to be bigger than than you believe. It might not be as high as what I said, but I think it's bigger than than what most people would believe. With Don, we continue. I'm Harry. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, all because of you. South Jersey's number one talk station. Mark Levin. So Joe Biden wants Trump prosecuted. Joe Biden says Fox is one of the most destructive forces in the U.S. Joe Biden says Rupert Murdoch is the most dangerous man in the world. So Joe Biden wants his political opponents, ideological opponents, people who don't agree with him. He wants them silenced and or thrown in jail because Joe Biden has a pea brain. Mark Levin, weeknights at 6 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5 is Hurley in the morning. Ah, Harry Hurley. That is a great name. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and WPGTalkRadio.com. We are back. It's 24 minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5, South Jersey's number one talk station, all because of you. All right, don't don't pick a fight with the lawman. You're, you're typically going to lose. My Cracker Jack research team here at the Hurley in the Morning program has concluded that somewhere between 2% and 10% of prisoners right now in America are innocent. But I saw other um, reports that said that the estimates are about 1%. And I saw more that had a lower number than had the higher range. 
So we're going to give the lawman, if this were Jeopardy, uh, Jeopardy uh, question, Alex, for uh, 1,000. Uh, lawman Don Hurley is, I'm going to give you the win on this one <laughs> and say it is, a, it is a low number. But I will tell you, though, if it's even a couple of percent, that's a tragedy, though. No, but let me explain something to you, Harry. It's even lower than you think. Even with those numbers, do you think that every single person at the Innocent Project Springs, do you think they're really innocent, Harry, or do they are they getting away with something, perhaps? Well, I mean, the Innocence Project, in many respects, they have found DNA that we didn't have the technology 10 and 20 and 30 years ago. I, I, I think most of the people that they um, successfully represent – yeah, are innocent. I think in the vast yeah, majority. I don't, so. I don't. I don't think so. I mean, you do look. I, I don't think there's any doubt. In some cases, they they bring up some kind of prosecutorial misconduct, or or like they tried to do with O.J. Simpson with Mark Furman, who was much more credible than he ever got credit for. They made him a racist and and discounted everything that he he was a, a fantastic, as you know, investigator. So I, I will give you that. Uh, these things are employed, but I think the Innocence Project has a um, has a good track record at uh, at getting it right. I mean, and when I, I don't think there's any disagreement if they if they prove that the DNA is not the person that's in jail, that person should be should be set free. Well, that's good work, and that's a different story. But what yeah. I'm saying is the number is even lower than you think because many times they're exploited situations. Time has gone by. Uh, moments in time like these last two years where the police have been vilified. Or, or even certain governors that are woke and crazy that let people go. Uh, so, all right, I'm going to even give you that. It's, we'll say it's a low number that is even statistically lower if you take into consideration a wider spectrum of observation. Let's shift gears. Uh, Don Hurley uh, for the win. You got that one. I'm, I'm giving you the victory on that. I don't I don't uh, throw in the towel lightly, but I, I give you the victory on that. On the second part of what John and I talked about, congratulations, Don. You have made it before your 62nd birthday. You have made it to Stoner Nation. Congratulations, former retired police officer Don Hurley. Uh, legal weed uh, is is here. And what are your thoughts about that? I think it's very sad. I'll tell you, I was t- totally against the whole thing. I, I, you know what amazes me is how quickly things have changed over a few years. The things that are focused on the issues that are, you know, to me were so small but became such a front burner, like like this marijuana issue. I just, I don't get it. I, you know... I was opposed to it being legalized. I think it's a huge mistake. Uh, you've made very good points, Harry, for several months. Good government could have prevailed here, and I was all in. And I give Kim Guadano a lot of credit, our former lieutenant governor, when she was running for governor. My position was mine even before she announced hers. I was for decriminalization, and it had to be something that was totally recreational. If you were in the distribution business, uh-uh, then the law, you know, crashes down on you heavy, you know, and and as it should. But some young person, even some older person, one joint in the car and you get stopped by a cop and the cop smells something and then they bring the dog and the dog is, you know, finding the, uh, the 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 one marijuana joint and the next thing you know you lose your license to, to, to do your job and all these you know things come crashing down I was for decriminalization 
And then if you had all these people that had records, all right, expunge them all. Uh, decriminalize, yes. But then you would still, because as you know, there are a number of people that wouldn't even think about doing something for fear that they could get arrested and, and hurt their standing in their community, uh, lose their job, you know, all, things like that. And so they would stay away from that kind of behavior. Now it's recreationally legal. I think we will completely change. And I'm not, be, I'm not being a prude at all. I, I studied this issue long and hard and did about a 1500 word essay on this uh, about Washington state where we had empirical evidence of lack and loss of productivity, uh, dropout rate in school, both high school and in college. And I just see a, a degradation in society that happens from this kind of thing. Uh, and I wish they would have taken the approach that there could have been agreement, I think, between Republicans and Democrats to decriminalize. But this legal recreational uh, mess is is not going to be good. No, I, I agree, Harry. I think it's it's catastrophic. In fact, I think um, I think the money that will be generated will be much less than they've anticipated. I think the, um, you know, a case in point, I took a walk on the boardwalk, Harry, uh, and all I smelled was marijuana. It was it was so distasteful to me. I just never well, I never liked it. I never I, I, I'm with you on that. I hate the smell of marijuana. There's just something I don't know if pungent is the right word. There's just a stank to it that is just awful but of course now you can eat these um gummy gummy ones and chocolate ones and all this uh and here's the other thing people have to understand this isn't your uh your grandfather's marijuana from the 1970s the the, the thc component in this stuff today this is unbelievable how powerful it is oh yeah this stuff's yeah it's much heavier yeah the, hold on don this is this is a first in early in the morning history, I've interviewed you many times. You have filled in and guest hosted the program many times. I've interviewed Tom Hand many times. But the brothers Hurley and their sixth grade teacher, I don't believe have ever appeared on air at the same time, ever. Maybe Tom has come on when you've guest hosted and you, you've had a conversation on air. But I'm almost sure that I'm right about this. The three of us have never been on air all at the same time. Ladies and gentlemen, our sixth grade teacher, my favorite teacher, grade school, and Frank Campo was my favorite teacher in high school of all time. Gail Marandino, if you're listening, don't get upset. Even though you gave me B's and I was always an A English student until you, I love you too. Uh, Tom Hand, we're making history. <laughs> Good morning to both of the pocket rockets. There. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the man who gave Don Hurley the girls' kickball trophy in sixth grade at either what was called Ventnor Middle School or Ventnor Avenue. I forget. Uh, I think there were two separate schools when we went there. It wasn't just Ventnor Middle School. You had Ventnor um, Junior High, and then you had the the earlier school. Anyhow, yes, Tom, welcome. Yeah. Welcome. Welcome to both of you. Listen, um, as you both know, I've, I've been lucky enough to have two careers, one in education for 38 years, and the other in counseling, with this, uh, especially in drug and alcohol. I was the director of the IDRC in Atlantic and Cape May counties, and I had the honor to teach Atlantic Cape Community College in addictions and pharmacology for um, eight years as a senior adjunct. The problem with, 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 with um, marijuana, especially today when I wanted to come on, was... Um, like you said, the THC 
is THC Delta 9. It's much stronger. Look, um, cannabis is not this killer weed that's going to destroy your brain, but it's not the harmless herb that Big um, Pot wants to let us know there. And what I'm putting out a little um, announcement, but just be careful about there's going to be some people that want to try the edibles. And what happens is um, they go into your system at a slower rate. I was in um, Denver, I guess, about five years ago for a conference, and they had posters all around. Don't let a, uh, a, a candy bar ruin your vacation there. There's going to be some problems, especially with older people. Like I graduated college in 71, high school in 67, the summer of love. And, you know, we're going to have a... Tom, hold on. I've got to, I've got to go to break. Uh, I am totally buying what you're selling. Let you, people know that know me, I love movies. I, I just enjoy them so much. And a great movie, if you've never seen it, is Wolf of Wall Street. And you have, I mean, Academy Award-winning performances by both Leonardo DiCaprio. They, they didn't get it. Uh, he got his later for the, the, the Reverend, I think it was called. Um, but... He should have got it for Wolf of Wall Street. Leonardo DiCaprio is incredible in Wolf of Wall Street. And then you have Jonah Hill, who is over the top. I mean, amazing, amazingly uh, gifted and funny. Well, they're taking these quaaludes from the 1970s and nothing's happening. So they keep taking them and they keep taking them. And nothing's happening. Then they had the, the I forget what they're called. Thank God, because, you know, I'm not in the drug business. Uh, but there's a special one that that, that these were. And and they were uh, a controlled, you know, substance and not made anymore. So they got these old ones from the 70s. Nothing's happening. All of a sudden, it all kicks in late and wrong. And it reminds me of that despicable reporter from The New York Times. And her name escapes me. But I would know it if one of you said it. And she wanted to do an article on the uh, edible marijuana. So she ate some of this chocolate. Nothing was happening. She ate more of the chocolate. Nothing was happening. She ate more of the chocolate. So she ate a lot more than she should have. And then the delay, like Tom is talking about, the delay kicked in. She went into some kind of psychotropic uh, trip from hell uh, that you don't even want to know about. And she did write about it. Um, so, Tom, your warning is should be heeded. Because it, it tastes delicious. You're just eating like a brownie or or a chocolate bar or a gummy bear or something, gummy worm. And the next thing you know, you, you are just, you know, blitzkrieged. But it does. It does happen in a delayed fashion, delayed fuse. All right, Tom, if you can hang in there, we can uh, give you a little more time on the other side. And then Don and I are going to shift gears to Paul McCartney and roll back the uh, Wayback Machine to September 28th. 2002 with don and with tom this is wpg talk radio 95.5 south jersey's talk station sean hannity this afternoon at three now early in the morning on wpg talk radio 95.5 it is 41 minutes past the hour wpg talk radio 95.5 hurley in the morning continues with don hurley and with tom hand tom i i jumped on a little bit going into the break but you were talking about being careful with the edible marijuana products because of the the delayed reaction in terms of feeling I don't even want to know whatever you feel, the high, the stone, whatever. Uh, do tell. 
Yeah, well, there's, there's also, you know, the Food and Drug Administration hasn't come in and figured out what levels there are. So, I mean, there, there's, there's lots of problems. Also, there's an article in the paper the other day, which is true. We haven't established levels of intoxication with, with THC, like we have the point oh eight for alcohol. THC stays in your body. It's lipid-soluble. If you're um, heavy or overweight, it's going to stay in your system longer there. So we haven't worked out these things yet um it's going to be some problems i don't i'm glad that it's decriminalized i don't think you should go to jail for it yeah that's a real problem with the legalization of it but then again i don't think we should have half the states where it's legal and half that it's not so tom there is a great dispute on whether marijuana is a gateway drug to then experiment with other drugs what what is your and you have a lot of experience uh in in all of this what does your experience tell you relative to that comment I don't particularly like the term gateway because it implies that... All right, well, let me take gateway out. If you smoke marijuana, are you more likely or less likely to want to then experiment with something else? In, in, in the past, it's it's true that, that the um, majority of people that were involved with um, addiction with other substances had used marijuana at one time there. But they, you know, they probably also have used alcohol. And the other statistic that, that people really have to get out there and believe, in, and they don't, and I'm not making this up, I'm not, not a prude that wants to save the world, approximately 10% of people that use cannabis become addicted to it. Now, what happens is you don't have the physical withdrawals you do as an opioid or alcohol or benzodiazepines there, but you do get addicted to it, meaning that you feel discomfort in, in your everyday um, activities. You feel like you can't move on there. Picture, we all know people that, have, that probably smoke marijuana or have smoked at one time there. And think about that, what we used to call burnouts, or, or you know, they're still living with their parents at age 43, and, and, and they don't really have a productive type of a job. John Zarek at one time um, spoke about this. It, it's the A motivational syndrome, which which I'm really concerned about. So yes, I believe that if you use marijuana, that you um, will experiment with some other drugs there, but it's, it doesn't automatically lead you there. But you should know, 10% of people that smoke cannabis become addicted to it, and all the publicity <clears throat> from from big pot and big tobacco, they don't want you to know that. It's, I'm not trying to scare people. It's a reality. Thank you, Tom. Appreciate it. Right, and then if Don is, is Don still there? Oh yeah, yes, Don. I, I, you and I spoke about it, and I, I found it, and I lost it. I'll try to find it again for you. With the passing of Bobby Rydell, I have a copy of Steel Pier for you, um, where it was pressed on only one side. It's the funniest forty-five I've ever had. But you know, Steel Pier um, with only one press. If I can find that, I'll get it. I'll get it to you. I got Harry his. Oh, um, uh, thanks so much, Don. I'll drop off. Thank you. Um, all right. Take care. And I enjoy uh, hearing both of you on there again. And it brings back some memories. A good flashback. There not, you go. Not, not through. Yeah. That's a good yeah. flashback. Good, Tom. Take care. See you Thanks. Later. Oh, you good know stuff, it. Tom. All right. When we come back, <laughs> when we come back, we will be uninterrupted until Brian Kilmeade. We are going to roll back the Hurley in the Morning Wayback Machine to September 28th, 2002, just shy of 20 years ago. When Sir Paul McCartney, this is an appropriate way to describe this, rocked Atlantic City's famed Boardwalk Hall. It was memorable. It was over the top. It was incredible. And I don't know that there could be a better 
concert that has ever been staged. And I know there have been so many that have appeared. 37 songs, more than two hours. Every great Beatles song, every great Wings song. And it was just masterclass. We'll get Don's take on it when we come back. It's early in the morning on South Jersey's number one, all because of you. South Jersey's number one talk station, WPG Talk Radio, 95.5. Let, let the announcer repeat it. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio, 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station. Hi, it's Larry Elder. And I want to talk to you about 100% drug-free relief factor. I've been telling you about it for years on radio and television. Why? Because I believe in it. I use it. My friends use it. And hundreds of thousands of others out there have tried it. About 70% of those people go on to order more. They find that Relief Factor works to help their bodies fight inflammation and eliminate their pain. Take Mark in Texas, for example. He'd been dealing with pain in his right shoulder for months, almost constantly, when he decided to give Relief Factor a try. Within two weeks of taking it every day, the pain in his shoulder faded away and completely disappeared. There are so many people out there whose experiences with Relief Factor are just like Mark's. What about you? Might your pain be the next to go away with Relief Factor? Your first step to becoming pain-free just might be to order the three-week quick start for only $19.95. Just go to relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com, or call 800-4-RELIEF, 800-4-RELIEF. Feel the difference. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We are back 51 minutes past the hour. Brother Don Hurley uh, joining us this hour. And if you've missed it, you've missed a lot. Check it out on the podcast a little later today on your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. And you can the, the, the show is the podcast. The podcast is the show. It's it's on demand. It's available 24-7. The um, Paul McCartney concert, Don, we only had like two quick minutes yesterday. And then we went, obviously, with New Jersey becoming a legal marijuana state and some of the things that, that just carried over from John's hour. We didn't really do justice to this. So in about the uh, we got 14 minutes or so, 15 minutes, uh, I want to roll it back to what I fondly remember as from an entertainment standpoint. And, you know, as a former casino executive, I went to all these shows. I mean, every every great from Sinatra to you name them uh, this far and away. And I think when you throw in the uh, the 40 to 45 minute private meet and greet that literally went until the moment that Sir Paul McCartney walked out onto the stage when he walked out onto the stage. I walked with him and I went off a little bit to the right because he was going onto the stage and I walked out and then went to my seat uh, from a totally different direction than you usually would would go to your seat from. So that was how, uh, you know, almost out of body experience. I I still can't, can't believe that that happened. And thank you, Mayor Langford, for making it happen, because it's just something that um, just doesn't happen. So that goes in there as sort of an intangible on top of if it was just the concert alone, I still would call it the greatest concert that's ever taken place in Atlantic City. Do you concur? I, I mean, I, I have to say, yes, we did talk about the other the other day. Now, remember, all four Beatles played Atlantic City. But, uh, you know, aside from that, I don't think there's any question that McCartney 
what he did that night. And I've seen McCartney, I think it's 10 times. I have all the tickets still. Uh, I've seen Paul McCartney 10 times live in concert. Without question, that was the best show I'd ever seen him perform. And uh, it was just extraordinary. I mean, you, you said it, Harry. He was in peak form in his early 50s. Is that what you said? He was about 50? 59. Or, how? yeah. But, 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 but there's a thing called chronological age and biological age. Chronologically, he was 59. But the shape that he was in. He was a man in his 40s. I mean, the age was just a number. Uh, and you look at his picture. I mean, his face looks so young. Uh, you would never place him as 59 years old in that picture. But it's kind of interesting. At that concert, he's basically the age that we are now. And that's how fast 20 years. We we were basically, what, barely 40-ish. Uh, and it has flown by, hasn't it? Yeah, we were, what, 41? Yeah, you know, it's crazy how fast time goes. I couldn't, I just couldn't believe it. I looked at, I kept the ticket. You know, I, I have a habit. What I do is I take the ticket and I put it on the back of the, I put it inside the case of the CD. So it's actually gets sealed behind the plastic in front of the, uh, the back, uh, whatever you would call it. The, yeah, it protects the cover, the plastic uh, cover of the, the CD, the CD cover, I guess they call them. Uh, and that way you protect it, and it also is very memorable to look at it. And many times if there's an album that relates to the concert, it's a pretty cool way of memorializing the whole thing. Yeah, it really is. So the thing that's special, you know, McCartney, it's interesting. You, you look at the Beatles. Uh, Paul McCartney, he lives to play, to perform. John Lennon did not. He liked to perform, and he didn't perform nearly as much as McCartney McCartney liked to perform. George Harrison was the same way, very quiet about things. They always called him the quiet beetle. And now Ringo performs, but that's kind of like, you know, that's that's his business now, you know, the all-star band. But McCartney lives to perform, and the, I think that's the energy this guy has. Even he'll be 80 when this tour starts, Harry, in June. He'll be 80 years old. I'm telling you, I am I am seriously considering because I don't know if our good friend Tom Cantone is going to be able to pull it off. If if I knew that, then I wouldn't be doing what I'm about to say. But I, I, I mentioned this to Margie. I want to get a plane ticket to Orlando and I want to go to that McCartney concert in Orlando, Florida. Why not? It's a great idea. Yeah, I know he's playing Orlando because I made it my business to check. Do you know, I don't expect you to know exactly how many dates, but is this a substantial nationwide tour? No, no, it's it's more like an uh, I think an eastern coast tour. It's not. It's not. I wouldn't call it a, a substantial tour. Uh, it's not just a few dates either. But I, I did look at it once. I'm trying to remember where it's all going, but it is going down to uh, Hard Rock in Florida. Uh, but it's, it seems like an, like an Eastern kind of uh, East, East Coast tour. which he Now, let, let's – tough love. How is Paul McCartney's voice at age 79? I'm just going to be totally honest. I heard something I didn't like, but you never know. You could have a bad night. You could have a sore throat. You could have laryngitis, and he's a gamer, and he goes, and he goes. I'm amazed with the way that he screamed for so many decades. I am amazed – how many decades his voice held up in peak or near peak form. How is he voice wise in your estimation? Because you're very good at this, Don, at age 79. Well, you know, this is where it comes down to, you know, 
I'm trying to think the show I just I just saw and I loved it, but everybody was complaining. You know, his voice is 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 impacted by years of use, Harry. There's no question. You're not going to hear. I, you'll never hear Paul McCartney at peak again at this at this juncture. You know, and you know it's funny. My buddy Al Zetmeyer. Let, let me before you go to Al Zetmeyer, which I want to hear. Is it pedestrian, Paul McCartney? Is it listenable? Is it acceptable? Oh, it's acceptable. And because I, I said I said to you the other day, I, I can't bear. I know it's not going to be the case because he's not going to be sitting in a chair. I can't bear to see Paul McCartney go like Phil Collins did. Well, no, it's certainly not like that. I mean, he's got high energy. Uh, Phil Collins is obviously he, he seems to be very sick at this juncture, you know, but uh, McCartney is in great shape. He's still physically fit. It's just his voice is a little strange, Harry. And I don't think it was just what what I've been hearing isn't just a bad night. I think it's, you know, from singing for 60 years or in his case, you know, probably, yeah, about, you know, since he was a young, young kid. And, uh, and we used to cringe whenever he would scream because I thought, oh, my God, this beautiful voice. And he's he's screaming. And, you know, that has an impact. And uh, but look, if hey, you Jude is one where he goes absolutely bananas. And I used to do the same thing as you. I'd be, oh my God, that's your, that's your, just your instrument. Your, I mean, it, it hurts me as a talk show host to hear somebody um, abuse their pipes like that. But he was able to do it for more than a half a century like that. Yeah, but I don't want to put a percentage on it right now. But his voice is affected because um, I saw a live performance he did not too long ago. But uh, it's still Paul McCartney, Harry. Does and, he sound know, sweet? In the, does he sound sweet doing the ballads? Yes. All right. I love the ballads. As you know, and I think the, the, the same holds true for you, Paul McCartney is runaway my favorite Beatle. I have tremendous respect for Lennon, uh, but not nearly, not nearly for me. Uh, McCartney, and if you look at that beautiful album that you actually gave to me, the uh, I was going to say the Eagles for some reason, uh, the Beatles, um, number one, uh, with the red number one on it, I think is the uh, the motif Paul McCartney is most of the number ones. Yeah, that's interesting. That's true. You know what's great, though, too? I love to see George Harrison. It seems like he's finally getting his due after all these years. So trivia question. Kristen Hurley, Baker. Who is Kristen Hurley Baker's favorite Beatle? I would say George Harrison, knowing my niece, Kristen. Correct. Yeah. He's so great. You know, and here's the thing, though. Would, would you agree completely underrated? Oh, completely. And here's here's why. Look at the if, if you look at when because at first here's what it comes down to. At first he was he's a great player, Harry. He was happy to play guitar, so he wasn't challenging himself as a writer. So by the time they found out how great he was, you know the Beatles were sort of they were winding down themselves. But look at the you know the the quality with just so few songs that he wrote. Yes. So he was probably he was probably the best of all of them, quite frankly. Wow, I don't believe yeah. I don't believe that, but he is great. Don't get me wrong, he was great. What would make you say that when when you look at the Lennon McCartney songbook, uh when you look at Paul McCartney, who does what he did, Beatles and Wings, look at that great work. McCartney is to me runaway number 1. Well, no, but what I'm getting at though is for the few songs that he wrote, they're so great okay. that if he had written for 10 years. Oh, I see what you're saying. All right, so we'll give him quality over quantity is what you're saying. Oh, yeah. I mean, just incredible. I mean, I think even McCartney said, you know, which we knew how great he was. We just he was satisfied playing for the longest time. Yeah.
So, yeah, that's, uh, you know, but I'm happy because he was so great, so understated, underrated that, you know, I'm really happy. That latest Beatles special really showed how great George Harrison was, that one that came on, uh, was it uh, Netflix or Amazon Prime? I forget, but it was called Get Back. It was terrific. What do you think of that whole dust up? And it went on for a while and all of that with that plagiarism thing. I never I never believed that they proved that the song was that similar. Well, I know what you're talking about. You're talking about My Sweet Lord versus He's So Fine. Yes. And they, Harry, they have they have a formula. And, and if it meets... What within, is it, beyond seven notes or something? I, I forget. I, I don't know exactly what the formula is, but let's face it, he paid a lot of money because it, I know. it fit in. Even though he made it a really different song, you know, it... it uh, you know, they have a I, I swear I think you could do that with a lot of songs today. I mean, think about this. You would know this better than I. There's only a limited number of notes. There's only and you can arrange them certain ways. It's kind of amazing. There's as many sounds as there are with as few notes as there are to make so many different sounds. I always thought that that was a stretch. I, I, I you can make other songs do that, too. Uh, uh, and and they, they didn't get clipped. You know, I never liked that because that sullies your reputation, that kind of thing. But um, in the end, though, the song lives and he paid and, you know, and all that. Um, What is the most memorable thing? I know it's almost 20 years. Is there a or a few memorable things of McCartney at Boardwalk Hall? And I will tell you, because I had such an extensive conversation with him, it wasn't heartbreaking, but I'm thinking, oh, he must remember when they were here in 1964 and the Barbera fish truck that hid them and, and took them places because people went bananas uh, for the Beatles. I mean, it doesn't happen today. What used to happen then, he had no recollection of ever being here. How about that, Don? Yeah, that's very interesting. Something that was so important to us he didn't even remember. Now, have if I didn't have the opportunity to talk to him and ask him, then I would have never known that. Yeah. Well, and let's let's face it. Atlantic City is a very significant uh, venue for people, uh, a destination. But I will tell you this, and I thought about this a lot because uh, you know the Hamids produced that show. They couldn't put him on the steel pier because they had had, of course, the Ricky Nelson experience six years earlier, nineteen fifty eight, when they almost crashed the pier you know he almost broke the pier i did move and you know ed hearst was a witness to it they were getting ready to jump and, and joe grady never returned correct fact and that's a, that's a fact 1958 so you'll whenever you look at a, at a marquee at the steel pier and if you see grady and hearst on the marquee that was only the year 1958 ever because that never, was it he never joe came grady back said, i will never come back and what happened uh Joe Grady said, "Ed, I, you know, and he, he was like, it was he was such an interesting guy. Joe Grady he was so smart, such a bright guy. He was very musical himself. Could play the keyboard really well, and he had this really great voice. And he says, Ed, I think the pier is going to collapse. And what are we going to do? And Ed says, Well, look, Joe, we're going to jump. When I tell you to jump, we're going to jump. And I'm a, Ed was a lifeguard. He says, I'm going to save you. I'm going to swim you in. But if it if it crashes, if it's going to crash, we're going to jump before it collapses." So fortunately, they didn't have to do that. And then Joe Grady, he vowed to never return, and he never did, not even to the front of the pier. Yeah, and what you're getting at is it was George Hammond booked the Beatles, and it's booked as a steel pier booking. But then it says at Boardwalk Hall, 
Don has an original ticket. And, and if you go to my McCartney piece, which we did last weekend on your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app or at WPGTalkRadio.com, you'll see a picture of the ticket. Uh, and, and I don't have it in front of me, but for just a tiny few dollars and a couple of little handling charges that were pennies, tax and handling charge, I mean, you got to see the Beatles. And you know oh, yeah. well, because you paid for a bunch of them, Don, those tickets were like 500 and more for Paul McCartney 20 years ago. Yeah, it was pretty crazy, man. But they let they let me buy 10 tickets, and I brought nine of my favorite people oh, yeah. to see Paul McCartney. Because I really thought, if you recall, I said, Harry, we got to go because I don't think we're ever going to see this again. Not I, in Atlantic I, City anyway. I, I agree. I agree. You know? I ho- I, we, have to, we have to go. The music's playing. I sure hope, and I know hope's not a strategy, but I sure hope that Tom Cantone, this is his dream. It's the one that's gotten away. He has tried so many times. I hope that Tom gets McCartney this time. Yeah, and to finish the thought, Harry, Ten seconds. if the Beatles had played Steel Pier, they would have remembered. Paul McCartney would have told you, I remember that place. But Convention Hall was forgettable. Cause yeah. it, it's because it's like another arena that he was in type of deal. It's just another, yeah, it's just another.